What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today the lovely Jennifer Ross. Hi. I've never complimented <laughs> you on the podcast. Full name, full I guess not, but then like you say my full that's name. Why, that's, why I, that's why I let it with a compliment, so I could just throw in the full name. Well, after May 5th. Oh, I'm not going to say that. That won't be my name no more. Yeah. And joining us once again, what's up, G? What up? I got no nice... Lovely G compliment. Yeah, and, and don't ever use my full name ever. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like your name? I mean, it's cool now. It took me. It wasn't when I was growing up. <laughs> so you've been with us about a year and a half. I. On the podcast. On the podcast. No, yeah. a year and a half on the site. No, Except a little longer. September 2016. You don't even know. Is that, it's is that two for, years, baby. That's two years. 2016, 2018. Oh my god! I'm like, years. my god. My god, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, forgive, I'm bad at math, but I know me. I'm not that he bad. Don't, he don't do math so good. Not <laughs> at all. No, it's funny when you first when you first came on, I was like, man, if because this podcast this has is, been a this, year and this a half. Is before, it's March. This is before we got on the podcast or whatever. And I was like, God, I, I want him on the podcast because he knows his stuff. But, like, I don't want to butcher his name. Is it Gais or G- <laughs> Gay Ice? Like, how do you pronounce his name? So I kind of let you say your name first. And I'm like, oh, it's Gaius. Right, there you right. go. I'm like, I got this. I won't forget this. Yeah. yeah, this was a big issue last night, introducing myself to new people. I was like, it's just G. <laughs> and they were like, they were like oh, okay. Simple. Yeah, and then met a really dumb girl that was like, your mom named you a letter? I was like, no. Oh, one of those. <laughs> oh wow, really? Uh, no, 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 God, go was away. She, was she at the fire? Was she at the fire festival? <laughs> she might have been. Yeah. Don't so. So yeah, exactly. So pretty much uh, light agenda today. We're gonna talk about the Oscars, the shit show that was the Oscar nominations. Do our little SAG predictions. What the fuck do the nominations mean? Like we'll talk about snubs, all that fun stuff. Uh, talk about the Ghostbusters three news, which excited me and upset Leslie Jones. Um, we will and also Paul Feig, apparently. Ah, fuck Paul Feig. And I like Paul Feig, but well, not as bad. He wasn't like rude about it, but he he kind of agreed with her. Yeah, and then also talk about Glass. Uh, G and I are kind of on the same boat, but he's he was a, I little, bit... a little higher. But... Yeah, but he was a, a little bit fairer than I was, I guess, because I was so angry when I walked out of the theater. I was I just didn't escape. He was really angry. I was, I was surprised. I was genuinely pissed. I was so. Did calm. you see it with him? I yeah, did. we were I together. So I just did she feel the, the same way about it? No, I was just, I guess it was what I expected it to be. And I mean, I know the the ending was kind of like, oh, like whatever. And I was just like, I went out of it like totally fine. I wasn't I was angry. With... I wasn't happy. I was just like, okay, I... cool. I watched it. I still think I like Unbreakable and Split way better oh, than duh. this one. Duh. For sure. I will um, get, but like, we'll get into yeah. it more in detail. I was so indifferent. But all I'll say is, all I'll say, I was like, oh, what did I miss? About 90% of the, well, about 80% of the movie, I'm like, okay, I see what G means because I saw your post the night before. I was like, okay, yeah, it is definitely better than what the rating is. And then shit happens. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck this dude. This is, and I'm like, this is why I don't like him. This is just exactly why I don't like him. But uh, we'll get to that in a little bit later. But let's kick it off with. Uh, I got to give G a shout out on this because he's the reason that I actually went to this. Uh, there was two documentaries for anyone who doesn't know about the Fire Festival. It was a fire. Uh, it was a. Uh, what was it? An attempted music festival because it lasted yeah, it was one day. Like an attempted music festival. And everyone like calls started- it. Uh, Everyone calls it the Ja Rule Music Festival, but it's so much more than that. <laughs> well, and if you ask Ja Rule, he had nothing to do with it. 
yeah, I was bamboozled too. <laughs> so, I mean, G, you saw it first. So, you do you want to get started? What do you want to cover first, the Hulu one or the Netflix one? Uh, I guess the Netflix one since that seems to be the the more most popular more one. popular one of the two. So, even though even though Hulu pulled like a boss move and dropped theirs early. <laughs> so, I will say, um, and I think G will agree. Yeah, the two are on the same subject, but they are very different. You can watch both of them and get two different perspectives. So you'll, and I mean the the second the Hulu one interv- actually interviews uh, Billy. He's the the con man. Who, uh, yeah, and there's like some controversy with that because he definitely got compensated. Did he really? Yeah. So like, so here, you know, in, in the subtle like jabs between the two streaming services, because they were like, were you upset that Hulu kind of released theirs first, like without, you know, they like maybe four days before the Netflix one, and people at Netflix were like, no, like we knew they were working on one, we didn't know they were gonna do that. And then it started going into, like, well, they interviewed the actual guy. You know, like, they got an interview with him. And Netflix was like, well, we wanted an interview with him, but he wanted a certain fee, and we didn't feel comfortable uh, paying him that. We didn't want him to benefit from any further from the misfortunes of all the people that he, you know, messed over. And then Hulu counteracted that with, uh, well, the people behind the Netflix uh, documentary is a you know, uh, Jerry Media is part of it. And um, we'll go into that a little bit later. But Jerry Media, um, they run like a Instagram page called Fuck Jerry. They're like a marketing, like social marketing. Uh, oh, they run Fuck Jerry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I follow them. And they actually worked on the social media, like promotion for the Fire Festival. And um, if, when you watch the Hulu one, there's a, a jab in there about like, you know, they kind of feign ignorance about like, well, we were only in charge of the social media. We had no idea what was going on with the actual festival. And then there are some people that call bullshit on that. Like how they not have any idea. Like they're just, uh, that all this stuff was going on. Um, so Hulu pointed out like, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a sugarcoating thing in the Netflix one because Jerry media is involved in the making of that documentary. So there's like these subtle jabs between both streaming services. Like, well, we're trying to respect each other, but don't call us out for getting an interview with him when your documentary might have been sugarcoated because of who you have involved in it. Yeah. And I mean, I I think because I was texting back and forth in the group chat with the three of us. So, like, I was just taken back by everything because we know what we know from that one picture of 182 uh, messages when I got back to my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, we all, like, what happened? We, we kind of joked about it like a year ago when this whole thing happened. Like, oh, my God, like the... All these rich kids are getting scammed. And my favorite tweet, and they show it in the documentary, like a lot of people were happy that these rich kids were just getting destroyed and scammed by by Billy and Ja Rule or whatever. My favorite tweet was uh every every time a rich kid gets gets scammed that the angel gets his wings. <laughs> that had me dying, especially since I love it's a wonderful life, and that's pretty much taken from it. I thought it was hilarious. But um I I would say the Hulu ones makes the certain bloggers social media influencers that are went to the festival very unlikable there's yeah. there's a girl on there and i was bitching about it to to g and jen that comes off so pretentious and she, i i'm glad it happened to her because it was just well they they, and they feature her quote in both documentaries too about the plane and so jen 
There's yeah. a, there's a there's a part when they're on the plane going from this is when they went from from Miami to the right. So keep in mind that they were promised in the initial like setup and package that they would be flown from Miami to the Bahamas on these like private jets. Like that was the uh, the initial like pull uh, from the like advertisement for the festival. So, but when they got to where they were going to take off from. It's you know it's, it's just a regular like a regular plane yeah you know, airplane it's not a private jet right. yeah so she um, she was like I don't and I don't want to misquote it so I'll say what I remember best she pretty much was like oh this is worse than economy yeah she was like this is the worse and lower like lower than economy class and then her and her friends start laughing about it but you know instead of a private jet they're stuck on this huge airplane with a bunch of the people that are flying out there and uh, I mean I. Uh, it's a it's a horrible statement, but if you paid for a certain experience and then that's what you got, like, would you feel the same way though? I'd be <laughs> upset. There's a there's. I like, would be upset. Yeah, I'd be. If pissed. I dished out all that money and I was expecting this, I you know, there's that hospitality, you know, you're. I would it, expect to be flying. If I think I'm the, paying for it. The the most I guess the funniest moment for me because uh, they show it in both of them is a school bus is what picks them up, yeah. and takes them to the festival. It was hilarious when they got there and they're like, "Oh my god, let's take us home, take us home." Yeah, yeah. There's a girl on the, off camera that was like, "Turn this bus around." <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they're like. Well, if you, I mean, we if they roll up on those tents, they're like hurricane relief tents. They're yeah, hurricane relief tents. So they're not right, even I like, have seen them. So they were promised like you know these these luxury tents. They were like, promised so, Coachella. Yeah, they did and not. Even, and get. even better than the Coachella tents. Like the Coachella tents are actually really nice too, but they were promised something even more luxurious than that. Well, yeah, they. I mean, they were, and then the, the they were probably promised like Abu Dhabi tents with like silk. Yeah, yeah, because they show they in the documentary yeah. they show the blueprints of how they were supposed to look. Yeah, they were supposed to get these tents, or if you paid even more money, you were in like these like villas. Right, I think the villas uh, were like were the villas G like fifty thousand or were they more? Yeah, they are a lot of money. That's uh, crazy. And then you could also do like a private like yacht experience for like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars with your own private chef and like all this other stuff. All the things how that they do could people not have this yeah. money. Why? People were well, paying. Thing, they couldn't even guarantee these things. So, like he, oh. he made that initial promo video with all the models, um, and like, and all this stuff. They got, you know, a, lot of, they got a lot of slack. Yeah, Emily Ratajkowski, like a Justin um, Bieber, all these like really wife. Yeah, and you know, there it's on like Pablo Escobar's island, which is where he tried to have it initially, and then he couldn't because they were like, no, you can't mention that it's Pablo Escobar's island. And as soon as they mentioned that, they kicked him off. And they had to go somewhere else. Um, but, the, you know, they were asking all of them, you know, why didn't you, did you guys realize anything was amiss while you were making the promo video? But, like, everything was, you know, they, when they were doing the promo video, everything seemed pretty legit. Like, this is what he's going to offer them, and this is what he's promising them. Even though the guys who were making the video said that, like, there wasn't any real direction. Like, they really didn't seem there like they knew it. what they were doing. But... I... I, it was still coming together. I like, um, I guess my favorite quote out of both of the movies was uh, the, the Netflix one. I forgot who was the one that said it, but uh, they're like, yeah, the fire, the fire festival that everyone wanted were the ones that made the music, vi- the the promo video. 
Yeah, like, he said like the real fire festival happened in the two days that they shot that video, and he said the only difference was it was for sixty people and not like five thousand. Five thousand, and it's my thing is is it? I think yeah, you talk about the fire festival, but I think what both of them's true message was the dangers of social media influencing too, in a way, because you have uh, which Jenner was it? Kendall Jenner, uh, who you know knew, knew nothing about it. They're just like, hey, it's this new thing. Can you post on your page? Uh, that this is coming up, and they wire transferred her two hundred fifty thousand dollars because she's an influencer. Just to post oh, it, wow. just to post one, and she did. And several other influencers posted it and were promised like free villas, and they didn't even have all the villas necessary for all those free ones for the influencers that they promised. So the guy that was working on the festival was like, "You need to tell them that you need to cancel them." Cause and they didn't want to cancel the influencers because that's what he cared about more. He cared about them being there more than the people who are paying to be there. Yeah, it's true. And uh, we kind of talked about this yesterday because there was a you know there was a class action suit after all this, and there was a big debate on whether or not everyone who who promoted it should have been like added in that class action suit, including the models and all the and all the other influencers that like posted about it. Why? I think, I, well, I think you have a responsibility to know what you're posting about. None of those models are influencers, like knowingly perpetuated a fraud. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I was gonna <laughs> I was actually gonna say like the models. I I they got paid to do a job. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they did what they did. But I think someone like Jenner, she ha- she has such a, a voice with a lot of people and She's young sh- people and young people. And millennials that like are going to spend this much money and stuff like that. So it's like maybe she shouldn't. Have, and not even that. It's not that she promoted. I think what rubbed me the wrong way is that not that she promoted the whole festival. She said Kanye was going to be there in good music. Oh, yeah. She, she was very specific. She yeah. specifically said good music is going to perform. And that's Kanye's Yeah, because like, even like with Coachella, when they announce the headline... Like that is what really sells the tickets for people for them because that is what people get. I mean, obviously there it's grown this reputation. And it's fun and you get to get get away and it's two weekends and and whatnot. But the fact is, like you choose your weekends also based on the music that's mm-hmm. going to be there that weekend, and that makes a big influence. Like if I'm gonna drop like two grand on going for a weekend, I want to know that I'm gonna get the best mu- like i'm gonna get all the people that i actually want to see in that weekend we used to so have that's uh, gonna be a big... here in jersey we used to and i think jen's been to it and i've been to it once we had we used to have we used to have a, <laughs> a music festival down here called bamboozle it's like rock and it's exactly no not really not well, all of it not all and it it, it, it began as very like Rock-ish. rock like it's, foo fighters and and blink 182 and then it sort of got a little more mainstream so to go to go to piggyback on what jen said it's all about like yeah. who you want to see i went one day and I wanted to see. This is when I liked Drake, and I was really into. Him. This is like early, early Drake, and I'm like, "Oh, Drake is a bamboozle. I I gotta go." So we went, and it was like it was a good it was a good time. They, I mean, I don't like Kesha, but Kesha Kesha was there. <laughs> He's such an old man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Eight dollar sign. I'm not really a fan of Kesha. It's nice because it's on the beach, like down the shore. Wasn't for me. Oh, for me, it, it was, was in Asbury. Par- it was park. at uh, MetLife. Oh no, no, no. for lot. me it was in Asbury Park. I got a beach while uh, I was watching I got, the I got a par- I got a parking lot, G. Uh, oh, I'm sorry for your experience. Yeah. Oh, I was destroyed. Like my face was so burnt. But uh, Kesha's stage was popping. Drake's stage, and then this is like everyone that knows Blink One Eighty Two may know who this band is, but I really went for Drake and Angels and Airwaves, 
and Angels and Aries right. was there. So, like, it was really popping. But I get what Jen was like. You got to – people prioritize certain weekends for this. And then the if you see the – when you see the doc, Jen, like, they were stacked. Like, all the artists that they announced was – it would have been a great festival if they actually yeah, came they, through. Yeah, they had all these artists that they, they hadn't paid them. Like there were like a lot of people like that when they interviewed that finance guy on the Netflix one, yeah. And he saw, he saw on the thing that some of the bands that he kind of was in touch with was on the or was on that uh, headlining uh, list. He was contacting their people and they were like, uh, "Is this kind of weird?" Like they were like, "Well, we haven't heard anything since they first announced it," and they're like, "Oh, like well, they're gonna pay us like two times what we normally get paid," which also seems very ridiculous. And they were like, "Well, have you seen this money yet?" And they're like, "They have not sent it yet." So even like down to the wire, there was no, like, I don't even know if there were going to be any acts. Like whatever acts they did have too, that young guy canceled them when he realized it was all going to shit. It's funny. like when that guy said, "I just told Billy I canceled all the acts," and that's when he knew that it was done. They let they wouldn't as soon as they got there off the bus, they wouldn't let the, let them into the festival. They let them right. in the so parking what they lot did was and played like. The smartest thing they kind of did, but it only delayed the inevitable, but there was a kind of a restaurant that was on this beach, like on the beach, that actually looked pretty nice and cool. And they like redirected most of the kids to there to like, you know, eat and drink. So they kind of just plied them with alcohol for several hours and basically like kind of lied to them. They're like, oh, this is the first step of this like big experience. And then it kind of became clear once they were holding them on the beach for like six hours that something wasn't right. Yeah, and by this point they're all drunk, and by the time they get to their tents, their luxury uh, cabanas, (laughs) you you Uh, forgot to mention one big thing about the tents. They didn't organize anyone to go to the tent. Everyone just—it was a free for all. Everyone was just running for tents. Right, and so like in the Hulu one too. I'm glad they explained that in the Hulu one that the guy was actually doing a decent got a job checking them in. Like it was kind of organized, and then the guy who was running it, Billy, just got on the table. And when people were complaining about, like, their villas, where's my villa, he just told all of them, like, if you have a villa, just run and get a tent. And then everyone just ran to go get whatever tent they can get. Madness. And keep in mind that it, like, also rained the night before, so all the mattresses and everything were wet. <laughs> and mud had, like, actually seeped into the tents. I think Sounds like and Woodstock. They actually, they actually yeah, Woodstock they that bring way, Woodstock. too, which is kind of interesting, because the guy was saying, like, you know, do they mention, when you mention Woodstock, do they mention, like, the people that OD'd and how there's very little food or water and, like, all this other stuff? And he was like, well, no, the overall uh, vibe about Woodstock is, is that it was this fun music festival. So they kind of thought that they could overcome all this negativity if they could pull off even an iota of what they were trying to do. But, but there was no way they could have pulled any of it off. It was such a different time though i mean woodstock was what 69 and like it was all like this free love and half of the people that attended were all like hippies and they were anyway off of living off the earth and bare necessities like now these kids that pay all of this money like they can't live without their cell phone god forbid their cell phone goes down or they don't have a gps or they don't even have the life skills because they're so entitled that this generation z and Generation Me and all this, like, they're so entitled to all knowing and being given everything. And it's almost like, I feel like with Woodstock, you had people coming home from war or going away to war. You knew people. It was just a very different time. It was the and ultimate went, escape, and especially at the time. And you went out there to listen right. to, like, these 
rock greats and you were there and you knew what you were getting. Like that was different. Like I feel like that was a totally different Well, the time. guy that said it was also an older man, so Yeah. Which we'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah. a little later. But like that yeah, uh, <laughs> that is Woodstock and this is now. Like you wouldn't have the same I mean, you don't even you have to provide certain amenities now. Like a Woodstock would right. never happen again where people were and, like they going had they camp. had no festival insurance. They had nothing. They had to do it. There they was probably none, had they, no they, EMTs there they, for people no, that were like no. They didn't, and, they and there didn't. was no infrastructure. They didn't even think about how they're going to have to go to like bathrooms and like yeah. they were like they were talking about like where they had it. Like there was like these open kind of like like if you walk too far towards the edge, you could fall off. Like oh wow, where they were like kind of holding in, some of the festival. And like a perfect example is some guy that he knows the island well. He was helping them out, and he was like, "Oh, you need to buy tents. You need to buy urinals. Blah blah blah." And he was like, "No, nah, they'll be fine." And then McFarland Billy he. Pay two million dollars instead on booze. So instead of like yeah. accommodations, he spent the two million on yeah, booze. That's crazy. And to me, like, I mean, this guy's an asshole, but to me, the most blatant thievery of people's money when they had them make those wristbands. Yes. Uh, and and sent emails to everyone going that oh, this is going to be a cash free festival, and we recommend that you load like three thousand dollars a week on your wristband. So you could have like the ultimate experience, and what they were doing with all these kids that were loading these this money, they didn't have enough money to pay for the things that they were promising. So they were taking that money and adding it to all the things that they were trying to finish. There was no intention of like anyone having like a private this or anything like that. They were just taking their money because they're running out of money. I think Jenny needs to see these docs. Yeah, I gotta watch it, I but I also you. have to watch Roma. Um, the other, the- <laughs> I have to see what I uh. The I other do. thing too was the But wait, I want to say something. So that whole like Kylie, right, Kylie Jenner, yeah. right? The Kardashians are always advertising things irresponsibly, no matter what. I mean, Kim has gotten into trouble with like her gummy vitamins and her flat tummy tea and the same thing with Chloe and like they're promoting all these things. They don't care and I think they should be more responsible with what they're promoting, but in the end it's just dollars to them. Mm-hmm. You're right. So it's kind of like I agree that I think like with the models, they're not, I don't even know that Kylie Jenner's to blame, but I think this the fact that they need to realize that they should be more responsible because they have such an influence on people. But then I also think people need to be smarter, smarter. about advertising, like know that everything basically at every minute, there's always something trying to sell you something. You go on YouTube and you get hit with like five different ads in a video. Sometimes you get you go on Facebook or Instagram and you get hit with a sponsored ad or you get hit with something. Everyone's always trying to sell you something. They're easily manipulated. The radio, even some podcasts will sell you advertise. Like there's just yeah. all these things. Someone is always trying to sell you something. It's like uh... So you have to be as a consumer, you need to be smarter. And don't fall into that trap. To bring up but that's not everyone. Something so. I something I brought up earlier to Jen. This and I Gio I'll get the reference too. Like the movie They Live has never been more what's the word I'm looking for? Relatable than now. Like it's so relatable with how their that movie promoted how, you know, everyone's trying to manipulate us to buy certain things and consumerism and so on and so forth. Right, and right. you would get you get this. Um to finish up on the Billy thing, and we can finish off on the fire duck topic. Um, he created this thing, and he's from New Jersey, so he created this thing called Magnesis. Is that what it's called, G? The the black card? Yeah, it was like a credit card, black card. Yeah. So it's like a black card for 
do you, I don't even think you need a good credit for it. You, he would just pr- provide a black. No, it, it almost kind of functioned as like almost like a members only kind of thing. Yeah. But like the whole point of the card was like it was this sleek kind of black design that was better better looking than like a normal credit card. So like you know it like the guy described it like one of the guys who was a member described it, like you know he took it out and threw it on the table like if you're with a girl they would be like impressed like oh what's that like what's this like a thing I've never heard of like what do you do for a living it actually seemed to work for a little bit in the beginning till uh, he also was he was I mean he was a crook even back then <laughs> he no. wasn't doing things right then either yeah not at all I mean you and then the egregious thing is after he was out on bail he created another scheme which is even like how do you do that when you're supposed to be the most non-criminal this guy's like doing even an even worse scheme and by the way like what the scheme that he created was even smart because he used like he was like, he was sending like email blasts to all these people through another guy and through another guy basically saying like oh we can get you like discounted tickets to like the Met Gala, which I mean, Jen probably knows that no. you don't get tickets to Met Gala. You, you get invited. <laughs> yeah, they were pro- right. they By were promoting they were promoting the Met Gala too. So uh, it was just like yeah, and they were saying like oh the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show and all this other stuff. And then like they, this girl that uh, was a reporter for Vice was like contacting all these people. They're like, no, none of this is right. And the stupid thing about the mailing list, though, is that he used the Fire Festival mailing list. So all these people that were getting these emails automatically knew that it has something to do with that. So I, I don't know. He's just not. I mean, everyone kept talking about how smart he was. And I guess he was kind of because he did kind of get a lot of money, hustled a lot of money, not in the right way. But he still got a lot of things done. And he was good at faking it in the room with yeah, people. He was a salesman. To believe that he was. Yeah. I mean, like, the reason, I mean, he would tell people that he had all this 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 money, like, all these investors, like, all these shares in, like, Facebook, and really he only had, like, $1,500 when he was saying that he had, like, like over $2 million, like, something like a huge amount. And <clears throat> I like how they say, like, in the Hulu one, like, it's so crazy that none of these investors, if they would have, like, taken, like, a second to look at his records, they would have been like, no, you're a liar. But he was so good at, like, convincing them that, he could deliver, and that is, that's what he was about. And spoiler alert, the guy's in jail. Six years. Six years. And so, he does not look he's built for jail. No. no. He's definitely not <laughs> in the In the words of Prison Mike, he's going to be the bell of the ball. Yeah. And um, I don't want uh, – Jaw Rule's trying to play like he's a victim too. Yeah, far I'm from just saying. It. I'm just saying when you watch it, he might not have known how Billy was getting money, and I can maybe believe that he didn't know how he was getting money, but he definitely know, knew that they weren't going to have that festival done in 45 yep. days, and he didn't do anything to stop it either. What did he say you got and, in, in, in the the conference call on the Netflix one? You got a... Oh, so they're trying to like figure out how to... So like uh, to kind of explain where the conference call, why that came about, because uh, the whole fire thing started as like an app. It was this like app that was created. It was almost like going to be like the Uber of like booking talent where you would like kind of go through and like through the app, you could book different celebrities for like your venue or show or party or whatever. The, the idea of the app was actually pretty decent. Um, but the people working on the app were they weren't really working on the festival. They had no idea what was going on, on the festival side. So they were trusting. They spent like over a year working on this app, like like blood, sweat and tears of like something they believed in. And then this all fell apart. So they're on this conference call feeling pretty gutted too. Cause like stuff that they worked on 
get screwed over. And Jaw Rules like on the was like, yelling, talking about how they can spin it, and like we got to figure out. You guys are all like fucking smart. We can figure this out. And then one of the guys that was working on the app is just like, but yeah, like, but it's not okay because like Jaw Rules was like, no one died, no one got hurt. And he was like, yeah, no one died, but like you know, we still lied to people. Like it was a fraud. And then Jaw Rules says it's not a fraud. It's not a fraud. It's false advertising. Which is basically that's the a same. fraud. That's fraud. <laughs> and what if they had like continued going through with everything, and someone did, someone did die, or several people die from the water being infected from anything, just yeah, like not like, so sanitary. Right. For us to make fun of those kids, so like, oh my, oh my god, you were stuck in the Bahamas. But there, there are war scenarios. Like you I mean, could have died, and they would have been, in, they could have been charged for murder. No, I mean not murder, but like uh, involuntary manslaughter. manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. What, now it's. Yeah, I mean, What's it's the interesting story too. about that um, Bahamian woman that like there's like a Kickstarter for. Yep, because she oh, did so it. She um she was the work of like she worked at the restaurant that they had, you know, the initial like party uh, thing at. Party thing and at. Es- and essentially, she McFarlane and Ja Rule they didn't pay the workers. Of course, right. So they was so it was like so two hundred fifty. She said in the documentary, which is like really like kind of poignant. She had all these people in the Bahamas that live there who worked for her that were looking at her for an answer, like for money. And you know, she was like, I had to look at these people, and so she took fifty thousand dollars out of her savings to pay everyone. Oh wow! Like that was that was her money, um, and no one came back to like compensate her and all that. The, but they did start a GoFundMe page for her, which I saw yesterday has raised one hundred ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, so that she's getting she's gonna get her That's money good. back, which is great. Um, the last which thing on good. this was uh, what a scumbag to show how much of a scumbag uh, McFarlane is. Outside of that, he tried to screw over one of his like closest. What do you say, friends? But this guy's known him all his life, pretty much. Well, he like he no he knew him since he was like twenty, and like kind of believed in him, like really believed in his ability to I be think an he entrepreneur. Said, I, are you sure? Because I think he mentioned that he knew him since he was like a kid. Oh yeah, he might have known him since he was a kid. Yeah. So check this out, Jen. So the guy's name is Andy King, and I'm gonna just verbatim gonna say what he uh, what he McFarlane asked him to do. Okay. So he said, "Well, you're you're a wonderful gay leader, and we need you to go down." Will you suck dick to fix this water problem? So there's a customs agent okay. that they got into some issues with, and they wouldn't they they wouldn't they give wouldn't up. Release the Evian water. Yeah, they wouldn't <laughs> release the Evian water. Oh, Evian. So naive spelled backwards. So Mc, 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 where's that from? So let me finish. Reality bites. Okay. <laughs> so McFarlane asked them to suck the uh, custom agent's dick. dick. Interesting. And, Did he, and do he it? was fully prepared to yeah. do it. So he was <laughs> fully prepared. Because he, he, like, he was like, if you suck his dick, you will save this festival. That is that a is lot, lot to do. And, and I so feel he's like, like, I, he's I, feel like, like I go home and I take enough. a shower and I rinse my mouth out. And he's like, and I go over there fully prepared to like suck this guy's dick. And then, he's and like, then he didn't have to do that because the guy was like nice and was like, he, no, he, he gave it in the water. And then he's like, he can you imagine in my 30 years of career? That this is what I was going to do. I was going to do that, honestly, to save this festival. And what ended up happening was because the the residents of the of the island weren't being paid, they started kidnap. They were going to kidnap people, and people were responsible. Yeah, so that's for the another festival. way. That's another way that people could have gotten hurt through this because they were yeah. actually going to like put out hits and like kidnap people for ransom to get their money. <laughs> so this guy. Um, he was working with one of the residents of well, the I island. Mean, I know that the islands are very well known for having pirates. I mean, pirates are a real thing still. 
Yeah, so uh, he was with one of the workers, and once everything went to shit, he took off all his clothes. He gave it to the, I, I think that he gave it to the resident of the island, and he yeah, ran. he like swapped, he, he swapped clothes he with, uh, he swapped clothes with uh, one of them, and then hid behind a, I think he said a uh, porta potty, and then a, a car pulled up, and he, and he hopped in the he back, in the back and, then, like, and, he left and then laid the down. He just had to get out of like the village, so he didn't to, like, even feel safe. stay. Oh, wow. Because he wasn't feeling safe. So, you know what? That's smart, though. Word of warning yeah. to word of warning to any listener that wants to go to a festival: make sure you do your research before you get. And by the way, it is possible to have a festival overseas and have it work. I mean, like, it's not like it's like a far fetched idea. Like, because like they do ultra every year. It's like a really huge, big like EDM festival. Um, it's is overseas. That an Ibiza? Yeah, and like it, so it's possible. Yeah, Ibiza. Do it. But they make a big point that, like, if you plan any festival, whether it's overseas, especially if it's overseas, but, like, anywhere, you need almost up to a year to really get everything right. Oh, yeah. And, I think and they, they were trying to weeks. do – they were trying to do this in four months. And actually, I think, like, any festival, when it's the first time around, you need at least, like, two years of planning because there's a lot of work that goes into it. Then after, I think, it's certain routines become standard, so you kind of already have the gist and you know what to do. Right. But, like, I think even Germany, I think Berlin has a film, uh, a music festival that's huge there that's kind of like a an ED- EDM, mm-hmm. Electric yeah. Daisy, whatever that was. That yeah, actually, yeah. I don't think that's around here anymore. I don't know. Because, um, like, people but yeah. died, but... Whatever. Um. So if you guys <laughs> haven't seen it, check it oh, out. Oh, EDC. Yeah, it's EDC, in Vegas. There you go. It's in Vegas now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they had. Yeah, they're like, it's, they're like, it's better suited in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. I think that's the thing is that I think there are certain places where certain festivals are better suited. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine like Coachella coming out to upstate New York well, to try to yeah. do like, a Woodstock. Well, my it buddy, just wouldn't like, work. When this first happened, my buddy was like, "Man, the first red flag." above all else should have been like why would you go to any festival that like has anything to do with jaw rule that would be like my first like mm, something's amiss <laughs> it's like uh 50 cent is had a, all the right to like bring him down because i think he started talking mad shit about him after this too so. yeah so it's kind of crazy so when it first happened like they were like really going at jaw rule and then like you know like with any new story it goes away and they leave you alone but like when any documentary comes out, like similar to like what happened with like R. Kelly, it like just brings this stuff up again. So they are like continuing to roast him on Twitter and like and Instagram. Like I went to his page and he actually has turned off comments on certain posts or limited comments on certain posts, but there are still some that are like like still going in on him. Crazy. Like hard. Well, if you leave comments on any other post, people will just go from that post and go to the other one and just start commenting. Right. They're like, oh, Nice try trying to turn off comments. Here's mine. Like, yeah, yeah, like, so it's not, I mean, it's not going away. I mean, like, but I mean, I do want to say that, um, like, when I looked up the Fire Festival hashtag on Instagram, like, a lot of those kids that went through up like throwback pictures when the documentary came out, um, even though it was a horrible experience for some, there were some kids that, you know, they were like, yeah, this happened, but they made a weekend out of it. They were in the Bahamas. They actually, some of them had a good time. And there were an issue of, like, did they get their money back? And from what I saw from, like, a few people I looked up on Instagram, um, all of them said they got their money back, but they got it back from the bank and not from bank the company. Well, see, that's so, the thing is that whenever you book, they, you know, it always works out this way to whenever you book a trip of any kind, forget a festival, just anything, you should always book with a credit card 
because the credit card can reverse the charges or give you your money back right away. But if you book with an actual bank and your debit card, that shit is a hassle and takes forever. And they never want to give you your money back. So really, it pays to sort of pay pay with a credit card, earn your mileage and your points that you can redeem for something else, and then just pay off that bill at the end of the month. So you're not. I wonder since this got so much like uh, like national like worldwide attention. Like if you call your bank and you're like, yeah, I was a part of this and this was a fraud. Like, do they even like fight you on it or they're like, oh, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Well, no, they would because they'd have to they'd have to see what your statement would be for that time. Well, no, if you if you can prove it's not like I can just call and say, hey, no, 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 no. if all they do from my time working at a bank, all they do, no matter how much the amount is, all they do is just if they can trace it to your statement. You get the money back, and yeah. then they'll do the investigation. So you get your money back right away within 12 hours, and then you get the... See, but that's Chase. Bank of America doesn't, oh, doesn't work do the same way. I yeah. wasn't trying to say bank names, but okay. Okay, well... Um, But yeah, like... Well, I'm going to call it out because I have Bank of America, and they always screw me over. So <laughs> I'm calling you out now. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, So yeah, Fire Festival. Check out both docs now on Netflix and Hulu. Uh, So let's pretty much make it a quick summary about glass because we're about two weeks in it's also the number one movie again it didn't make as much money as we all expected i think it only so made it, like 40 it, it fell 53 percent this weekend i thought it was gonna fall a little bit more it kind of leveled out yeah i mean was. i think there's i think there's enough there might be a little bit of gas in the tank to get to 100 million because there's like nothing out next week what came in second this week was it the serenity? Upside, the oh upside. the upside the upside is doing really yeah. well not serenity the serenity is way down the list thank god i think it only made four million <laughs> Oh, Serenity wow. made four. It's the lowest. Uh, it's the worst opening of Anne Hathaway's career. It didn't really look good. Though. The King, the King Arthur movie made seven million. Oh, it did. And it had. A, it got a B plus cinema score and, and I think really it's good 80, reviews. Eighty something. I, I, I was intrigued. I was. I wasn't gonna run to it, but I was actually intrigued by the trailer. Look, Serenity, by the way, got a D plus cinema score. <laughs> and you didn't like it. You said. Oh. Yes. I did not. Uh, uh, we didn't get to talk about what we saw this week, but I there will be a review and it won't be good. I'm just <laughs> like I was like really uh, like me and my buddy were watching it. Like I I, I can't I don't want to give anything away, but it's hard. Uh, it would be a hard movie to promote. I get it, but like if you if you were going in expecting just like just a pure trashy noir thriller, then you might have fun with it a little bit if that's entirely what it was. But it turns into something entirely different. Oh, fine. like midway through January to say like something? some people were trying to compare it to like a simple favorite and not like in the way where it's like it's what it was advertised as a thriller. But then it also was this like kind of dark comedy. But they made that work like they actually mixed those elements pretty well. Like what Serenity tries to do is so off the wall. Like I can tell that like those actors read that script and are like, oh, this is really smart if we can pull this off. And they did it. Um, and they did not. <laughs> and what were you going to say, Jen? I was going to say, this Friday, uh, your favorite movie comes out now. Ms. Bala. That's this week? Yeah. Out. Oh, Friday. that's that's smart that they're opening on Super Bowl weekend because female-driven movies do well on Super Bowl weekend. so bad. Well, Gina Rodriguez is all up in the news now for being I, anti-black. I hope, <laughs> hope that doesn't hurt her box office. Do you really want to see is that? Is she anti-black or is it just she just doesn't know how to make the statement when, when talking about equality? So did you, did like you, you, saw the, you saw the comments that they, they pointed out, right? 
Um, I saw some of them. I know she had she got beef early on because of the whole. I think it was with the Hollywood Reporter that roundtable of actresses that they did, and then right they were talking about equality pay between Latinas yeah, and, and and she was saying that uh, black actresses get paid way more than Latina actresses, <clears throat> which I guess is not entirely true. And then she also made the comment on Twitter when Black Panther came out and talked about like like basically tagged Marvel and was like, oh, like you know. Congrats on Black Panther and inclusion, but then she was like, "But where are the where are my Latinos at?" And she mentioned another race too. Um, and the thing with like a lot of black people who were dragging her, they were like, "Well, why do you have to like bring us into it to prop yourself up?" Is the argument? Um, I don't think she's anti-black. I think everyone's very sensitive. No, no, you're not not wrong there. Everyone is. Uh, yeah. And there's nothing, like, she screams for equality so much. There's nothing in that girl that I can say, like, looks like she's anti-black. Now, is yeah. she very pro-Latino? Latina? Yeah, she is. But, like, I she think is. you need a voice like that for your people. Like, it, like they, no one's really doing it for them. So that's like, the thing. I don't think she's anti-black. I think it's just she didn't phrase herself in the way that she should have. When she right. was trying to say it, because I do agree that she is very um, pro-Latino. Like, she is always, like, every, I think every Monday she posts something about, like, uh, somebody working in the industry and, you know, getting out faces. And, you know, I know she she is an executive producer, I think, for Jane the Virgin. And then now yeah, there's she this has spin-off a series. She has a development deal now. With, like, and, like, like, I mean, before Carmen we, San like, Diego, you know, drag like, her for being, like, anti-black, I mean, like... Like the media should cover more of the positive stuff. She, like her development deal is like specifically like setting out to like, I mean, to hire more not just like I mean there will be like Latinos and all that stuff, but like minorities in general, and then more female driven projects too. Like it's not like I don't see a problem with her doing all that stuff. And like maybe like the way she worded it was wrong, but like you can tell when someone has like bad intentions with the things that they're saying. And right. to me, when I read what she said, because I remember she, I remember when she made the Black Panther comment, and then there was some blowback. But I, I didn't understand what the blowback was. I was like, it's, it's fine. She's just saying, like, okay, now, like, what about us? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like perfect. And just to quickly shout out diversity, my girl Mindy Kaling got a thirty million dollar deal from Amazon for her comedy for the Sundance thing, right? For Sun at Sundance for late isn't night. that the biggest? Just saying. <laughs> but yeah moving on go to, women yeah so moving, moving on, on to glass moving on to glass um so like i was saying earlier on uh it was leaning in a good direction i actually dug where they were going it wasn't the in your face which a lot of his movies are and you weren't gonna get like all this action but it kind of kicked off really well and i didn't like that samuel L. jackson was basically quiet for an hour <laughs> Oh, but he was biding his time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it didn't affect how I felt about the movie as a whole. I was I was into it. Uh, and then we get... I'm going to get into spoilers because I that's what angered me. Um, you get to this fucking twist that never, ever... Like, I like that, even though I don't like The Sixth Sense, I do like that you kind of get clues that they're leaning in towards this eventual twist. And when you Wait, re- when's the last time you saw the six Uh twenty years ago. Uh oh, no, wow. yeah, it's been a while. It might need a rewatch, man. Uh, <laughs> so like I do like that, but but I remember watching it and I'm like, okay, 
um, you kind of get a idea of when you rewatch it the second time that there's clues here. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen Unbreakable numerous times. I've seen Split three times. There is nothing in those two movies that lead to the twist that an organization is trying to kill all superheroes to make the world know that there's no such things as superheroes. What the fuck? Like in my head, I'm just like, dude. Like, I I wrote it in my review when the when everyone's expecting a twist. Is it really a twist? Like you're so dependent on that, and it's it pissed me off because one, the way they spoiler alert, they cl- kill off David Dunn, so anticlimactic. They just kill him off and they drown him. He has well, no he's afraid of water, man. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> he has no closure to his story. I think it's the worst part. It's not that he's just afraid of water. It's like ha- they killed him in like a puddle. <laughs> Like a puddle on the ground. <laughs> it's true. And like his son was right there. Like, uh... yeah, but there was like SWAT and stuff, man. They would have like took him out if he would have ran up and tried to help. I did really enjoy that the the actor who played his son was his son in the first movie. Yeah, I thought. I, liked... and I thought he like I mentioned that in my review too. That like you know I hadn't seen that guy in anything in forever. And I thought that and was a usually nice there's surprise. like a rough usually there's like a rough transition, you know, between being a kid and like kind of he wasn't bad. No, he was no, good. I, didn't I thought think it was so good at all. Um, Actually, and I also liked uh, Anya. What's her name? Anya Taylor. Her li- yeah. Her lips are very distracting, man. <laughs> like I don't know why. No, the reason okay, I, I wasn't want to talk about her lips, but um, I was very distracted. I the thought reason she- I actually liked her because my biggest concern with that character, I thought they're gonna like shoe her, horn her in, just because she was in Split, and I thought they like utilized her well enough. I- like she. Like I thought she was fine. I, and I liked her scenes with James McAvoy. Too. I agree I with were... you. I actually would have liked if um, they would have gone off together in the end, like kind of like he escapes and he escapes with her. Yeah, cliche, of course, but I way better than like my my big. I guess my biggest gripe is that you had so many ways out, and that's what you choose. Like, a, and and another thing, these fucking people just meet at a fucking restaurant at like seven o'clock at night. Yeah, I guess so. Like, it's come on, and I, 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 I felt like everyone's like other half. Like you have, uh, you have Anya, T- Anya's character, David Dunn's son, and then uh, Mr. Glass's mother. They mother. all, they all like, they're all biffles at the end. I'm like, shut up, shut up. So, <laughs> oh my god, it angered um, me so I, much. You know what, what I say, I will say, I appreciated like not the ending itself because I didn't like it either. I did like the climax like the the final like whatever battle mm-hmm. that was going on i'm with you yeah mostly because it's being set up that it's going to be taking place at like this world's like like that's this tall building in the area like most superhero movies would do and it's going to be like this big blowout fight and spectacle and i'm just glad that they kept it like small yeah no i'm with you i actually and, like it was nice refreshing despite <laughs> the fact that me being pissed off when when the movie ended like i liked the twist after that twist that the whole videotape thing. I like that. Yeah. That I was like, all right, cool. But it really wasn't a necessity. To so have- my problem with the videotape thing, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I hate when movies like as if I didn't understand what was going on when there's oh, like dialogue that's like, oh, and that's why he went through the tunnels and this is why he did this and this is why he did that. I was like, yeah, I know. You don't have to like yeah, spell it out. I, mean, I guess they do have to spell it out for certain people. I just don't need it. I, I mean, if, if it's gonna be spelled out by someone, it should be Sarah Paulson, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, everyone, all the main characters are good. James McAvoy is. I wish he was in a better oh, movie. He's the MVP he is, of my God, he's so. I good. don't know how he does. I, I, 
I don't know. They're all so distinctly different. Yep, I am with you. I mean that all that all he needs is all he needs is like a Oscar Beatty movie, and I think he's gonna get a nomination one day because he is well, so. Well, remember good. when he did when he did split? Even though it was early in the year, there were like little murmurs of like, oh, he might get a nomination for it. Man, the but way it was the, so early in the year. The way the nominations like, went this year, it wouldn't shock me if something like that can get a nomination. No? <laughs> what? Watch like at the end of the year, it's gonna be like James McAvoy, Glass. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, shot. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be mad. Like as a supporting actor yeah. nomination, that's dope. That's a dope ass nomination. But I. I don't think we're there yet, but uh, but I but I don't think like I know you didn't like it. I mean, I was a little bit easier on it because like the ending didn't kill the whole movie because like so much of I liked some of the ideas in it and I thought that like uh like a lot of people complained that it was slow. I didn't find it slow I at all. Unbreakable that week. Unbreakable is not a fast paced movie either. <laughs> it felt Unbreakable more like a, it felt more like a sequel to Unbreakable than a sequel to Split in terms of tone. Like it's very slow right. paced. So there are a lot of people that are suspect about it, right? So there, there are some people that are like, I don't think he had this plan the whole time. Now, Samuel L. Jackson says that back when they were doing Unbreakable, he had the, this idea for three movies that this is what we were going to see. There are some people that question whether or not Split was successful and he threw that thing in with you know, the David Dunn character at the end and that's where the idea came from. People that are working on the movie say he's always had the idea. A lot of critics are still skeptical of, of it. Of whether or not this was like a plan trilogy, I don't think I don't so. Sure. I think he just put that just fucking threw that together. Um, but I don't think this derails. Like, I still think he's on good. He's had three. He had two really good movies in a row, or and then one like kind of decent good one. Yeah, but, I mean, this isn't. This, this is, is not like this is not the happening. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is in between Split, Unbreakable, his good stuff. And then his trash. I think it's like right in the middle. I don't think it's. I think I've already. After we have this discussion, I'll probably forget about it and never talk about it again. It's like it's one of those. Like split, yeah, we can like, talk about. Know, there's no lady in the water. Like it's like not that bad. Woof. Lady. In but the yeah, water. his biggest problem is that he. I think he's just like he gets in his own head self indulgent and like maybe thinks that he's a little bit more clever than he is. Or that his idea will be like, we'll be like, oh, God, that was so smart. I think he had, like, I think he probably thought that his ending was brilliant. Yeah, he probably did. Like, I I, I ended my review with pretty much saying the man has mastered the art of mediocrity. He, yeah, is, he can't get out of his own way. Yeah, he just, he like, does, I mean, like, and he really is a good director, though. I mean, I like the way he shoots certain things. Like, he has a, he has a good, distinct style, especially. There were certain, like, scenes, like, the whole, like, therapy session. Uh, with all three of them and uh, Sarah Paulson, that scene just like looks good. Like I just like the way it was shot. Mm. And I really want to shout out the score. I did not look up who did the score. I still uh, haven't found the score. I've been looking for it. The score is uh, fantastic. But the score is amazing. Yeah, it's really, it really, good. really good. It's the best part of the movie. Outside of McAvoy, it's the best part of the movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Glass, see it at your yeah, own go risk. See it. Go see it because there's nothing else out. Yeah, see, see it at your own <laughs> risk. Uh, so the best news I heard last week, and I loved every second of this news was that we are getting a new ghostbusters and i'm not one of those that uh actually liked when i first saw the the all-female cast cast of ghostbusters thought it was fine um i actually rewatched all three of them uh last weekend uh so even yeah the female one you watched the female yeah it still, no, i haven't not. watched the female one since it came out it does not hold up very well 
I, oh, I, I so I so love Kate McKinnon. What she's great, but um, I actually the fact that I, I wanted to watch, especially two, because I've always felt that two goes so much away from like the greatness of Ghostbusters one. So I was like, I want to see two and three back to back. So I watched Ghostbusters one, and then like the next day, I saw two and the the all female. Um, I think two's a better movie. Yeah, I it's while I can't get with a guy in a painting being the villain. I think Ghostbusters Two is a better mo- movie than the uh, All Female. It's, well, Jim, your thoughts on the All Female? No, all female. <laughs> she hasn't seen it since the first time. If she watches it again, I don't think she'll have the same effect. It, it's oh. it's it's fine. It's not bad. It's just fine. Kate McKinnon is so great, but the villain is miserable. It's just not. I don't know. And they waste Chris Hemsworth, despite him being funny sometimes. I think they waste him a little bit. Yeah, I was oh, actually, he's hilarious. I was yeah. actually okay with Chris Hemsworth in this movie. I was like, eh. I mean, I like actually, all the. I think that's I one of the smartest the things they did was like casting someone like him to be a secretary. Yeah, I think that was like one of the smartest things they did in that movie. The best scene in that movie is still when he's like showing the girls the logos, and it's like a Ghostbuster with like huge ass boobs and stuff. It was oh, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, the only person that I wasn't really because I've never found her to be like too funny is leslie yeah but she, she was but okay. actually i was very surprised that she wasn't i guess because the movie trailer <laughs> cut it in a different way that it was like uh, the ghost i'm gonna like her that, that ghost- much with her with her comedy but in the movie i was actually very pleasantly surprised that ghostbuster well that, together that female trailer you're not letting me finish. sorry go ahead <laughs> so <laughs> thank you uh, so yeah, so I think, you know, I think they all work together. I don't know that the movie was as strong. Um, I, I left the movie and I didn't feel like there was going to be like a cult following in the same way that the original Ghostbusters <laughs> had. Stop laughing. Why are you laughing like that? You were <laughs> like, there's no way there could have been one. Yeah, like he's being like an ass. Come That's on, nice. babe. And what? Okay. Okay. It got decent reviews, right? It, it got like, it's like a 70 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 71. 71. So what if it would have come out and got like a 95 and they were like, yo, this is like the second coming. Would you have been like, no, no, if it was good. No, but if it was good enough, yeah, I would have been like, I wouldn't say it was a second coming, but I would be like, yeah, you sure. know what's funny? I think what I think that the problem is, and I didn't feel this way because like, I like Ghostbusters, but I don't have this. Like there are some fans that are so connected to it that like, the shit that they said when the female oh, one got gee. like got announced was pretty bad. I will I will mention I'm not gonna mention this person by name because he's a he's a good buddy of mine. He's a very and Jen knows who I'm talking about. Uh, he's a I do. yeah. So Jen, he's a very very he's one of those like a very diehard. That's his favorite movie, so on and so forth. And me and him got into like heavy debates about this. And he to this day he hasn't watched it. Now he told me because of the news he's gonna give it a shot because now he's really gonna get an actual third Ghostbusters. So he's gonna give it a shot, but he was not about it. And I get it, but then like people get like so nasty because like I really don't think we need a West Side Story remake. Thank you, Mr. Spielberg. Walk away. Like well, we don't really need well, it. We don't talk about Steven Spielberg but, like that on this no, show. No, because we don't need it. We don't need it. We have a perfect. But look at all the condition. effort he's putting into making it like kind of really authentic. He really doesn't want to just like throw something together. That's well. I also think he can't. Like, yes, he wants to make it authentic, and I applaud him for that. But I also think in this time, the times that we live in now, there is really no reason for him not to make it authentic because of the more diverse pool. Not to say that in the 60s there wasn't that diverse pool, but there were studio heads that weren't, didn't have that open mind to do it. So now I feel like if, 
I feel like he would get more shit for it if he didn't make it authentic. So it's sort of like one of those things that he, yes, he's trying to make it authentic, but he kind of has to make it authentic because he'd get all this backlash. So big time. ScarJo is not going to play Maria. (laughs) The what? ScarJo is not playing Maria. No. Well, actually, the the girl that they announced is actually from Clifton, New Jersey. Shout out. High school. She's like a high school student. Fun fact. She She, actually uh, played Maria in her high school play of West Side Story, which is pretty cool. Good for her. She doesn't have to memorize the lines. That's pretty great. Well, and then she has to act alongside what's his name, Anzul, oh, oh, baby driver, yeah, baby driver, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I'm okay with him being Tony, but I guess. But yeah, going back to Ghostbusters. Anyway. Um, well, the thing is too, like, so like with talking about like Ghostbusters, is that like, so I I think a lot of fans were expecting like a dumpster fire, right? And then it, and it didn't turn out to be a dumpster fire. Yeah, it yeah. was actually good. It was it was good enough. So and also why I was saying upset with fans being so upset about it is that. There was years and years and years of rumors of like they're gonna make another Ghostbusters, they're gonna make another Ghostbusters, and then everyone was just sitting on their thumbs like, oh, no, Bill Murray, no one, no one's doing it. So like, my thing is like, why not let these women have a shot at it? If like, if they're not gonna make one, like, and there clearly is like, I mean, I'm not saying that like that was necessarily the right way to go, but like, if if you're gonna try to like bring the brand back, you might might as well try to do it fresh, and that was a fresh way to do it. I, I mean I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that, but as I mean Ghostbusters will literally my and well and well intention. I mean they got Paul Feig who's a really good comedic director. Like I mean it wasn't like they just kind of like threw garbage together. They, they did. I think they tried to put the best possible like people behind it. My my biggest gripe with it and it still was it was when I first saw it and it is still when I rewatched it is that all the parties involved good intentions, great intentions. However. If you're going to include every living member of the original cast, why not just make it in the same universe? Why not continue? Why not let them bring these girls in? I mean, so I'm gonna play devil's. I'm gonna play devil's advocate like a little bit, and I don't even know if I'm right, but it's just a theory. Um, I kind of wonder if, like, when they announced it, there was just so much like blowback, like from everyone. I wonder if they felt like they had to make it a separate thing because of all the negative attention they were getting from like even announcing that they were going to do it. They were like, okay, this won't be a part of like the thing that you loved. Like, you know, because clearly, clearly like it's upsetting everyone. So I just kind of wonder if that was like part of the thinking behind it. I, Not just because like we want to do our own thing and we don't care about that. Like, I just wonder if that was like maybe part of the reasoning. Cause there was like a huge, just like, uh, like even when they were like oh, we're gonna do this movie like right away like everyone just like went in for the kill yeah no it, it would be interesting to be in the back in like the walls in that discussion if it had to do with that I mean in, in the long run I'm, I think it kind of leads to where we go with this I mean to, what what excites me more and we'll get to what you, what you were saying in terms of the correlation with the with the with the universes um, what excites me for this is that I even Jason Reitman's directing. I mean, I think that's the dopest part. The dopest aspect about it is that he's directing, and like I feel like it's in the the right hands. I mean, Jason Reitman, I think he's a very good director. So, yeah. and, and I and his dad is a very good director too. And I think he gets he doesn't you know his films aren't talked about outside of Ghostbusters as much as they should, but he's a good director. Um, I like the hands that they're in. I can a little bit of the story came out of what they're going with. It seems like they're going to be casting two young girls and two young boys. So it's going to be 
four kids. And well, like eight kids? That's what I was going to see. I think it's smart in a way because of how popular that subgenre is right now with the Stranger Things and with it. And right now, they I, it, this just released a few hours ago. Um, the I'm not a fan of this show, but maybe I think Jen is, or Jen's one of Jen's friends that are. They are Sarah Abbott, who is in Heroes Reborn, and Black Mary is auditioning for one of the roles, and she is 12 years old. Do you, do we know who this is? I don't know. She know. Um, I mean, I've seen some of Black Mirror, but. I don't think she was on an episode. So, and uh, this was released by HN Entertainment. So, pretty much how it's going to work. It's one of the roles is a 13-year-old boy described as a conspiracy theorist, deeply into fantasy. Another is a 12-year-old girl described as a science kid who has difficulties connecting emotionally, unaware she makes comments others find offensive. And then descriptions for the remaining two leads have yet to be surfaced. So, it looks like they're going to be involved with so the new Ghostbusters is going to be like two girls, two men, like two, two boys, two, two girls, boys, two girls. I don't think they're going to be Ghostbusters. We don't know that, but it's going to be revolving the old Ghostbusters. I, and Dan Aykroyd said he's in already, so that's the best news. Ernie Hudson said he's in, and we we knew who was going to be the hard time. So I think both, oh Bill Murray, yeah, I think he's going to do it. I think he, I'm pretty sure he's going to do it. He's doing a movie with Sofia Coppola. I, I mean, I'm sure he can still do it, but. Um, no, I hope so. I mean, they're filming. Uh, he seems like to be the one that was always the most reluctant to come back. If he came in to play a random role in the last one, man, I sh- hope he does come back. Uh, Sigourney Weaver coming back would be dope too. Everyone's and yeah. a couple of my buddies are like, "What about Rick Moranis?" I'm like, ah, "I guess I'm whatever." I know Jenny's yeah, all about Annie Potts coming back. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. What's she, what she up to? No, she hasn't done anything since Ghostbusters 2. That's not true. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, I got Annie Potts' number one fan right next to me. Okay. <laughs> Ew. My God. Designing women. Um, She's on a show now. Hold on. So she hasn't done anything since Ghostbusters 2. No, she's done a lot. My God. Ugh. And stuff on Lifetime. But uh, while you look for that... um. So now, going back to what you were saying about the correlation in the universe, is like I we see Toy like, Story, Toy Story two. Oh Toy yeah, isn't she, she's Bo Peep, right? She's Bo Peep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was just, I was just joking, man. Okay. Um, but no, like Leslie Leslie Jones went off and said, "What did she say, G? That it's very Trumpish the way that they." Yeah. Let me uh, like well, let me pull up the exact quote because it Dangerous got kind of lines, Law and Order, SVU, ugly. Yeah, let's keep, let's keep talking about Les, yeah. uh, about Annie, Annie Potts. Potts. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. She was on Young Young and Hungry. Okay. Oh, she's on Young Sheldon. That's what she's on now. Is she really? Who yeah. is she? Uh, Meemaw. That show. Have you so seen she's the show? The grandma. That show is terrible. I don't <laughs> watch anything on CBS. You love <laughs> CBS. <laughs> CBS. It's funny. I noticed that a lot of like when we write articles, CBS always has. TV news, like no matter what, every day t- CBS is always full of TV news. That was like the worst part to me about watching like the football games that air on CBS because you see promos for all their like really bad shows. Consented. All right, I'm pulling it up now. Hold on. She wasn't too happy, but you know what's funny is that none of these girls have said anything she as far as I know. Give a shit. Fucking Kristen Wiggs, cheetah. She's got all she's right. Got DC money to make. 
Here's what uh, Leslie Jones tweeted. She said, so insulting, like, fuck us. We don't count. It's like something Trump would do. And then in a Trump, I'm not going to do Trump's voice, but she's like, going to redo Ghostbusters. Better with men. We'll be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Ugh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And I don't give a fuck. I'm saying something. And then she said, when the point is, if they make this new one with all men and it does well, which it will, it might feel that boys are better, in quotes. It makes my heart drop. Maybe I could have used different words, but I'm allowed to have my feelings just like them. It sounds and like... They, and it Paul sounds like Feig, the, go ahead, I'm sorry. And then Paul Feig, uh, the, a day or two later, said, an absolute honest-to-God never-ending supply of bullshit and hate from these trolls, he tweeted, referring to the hate Jones is getting for her tweets. Leslie spoke her truth, and I support her. I am very open to Jason's new version of Ghostbusters, but I am also sad that our 2016 team may not get to bust again. We are all here. We're forever proud of our movie, which is a more diplomatic way to put it. Yeah. Um, so my and I said it on the on face, our Facebook page too. Uh, my biggest issue with this is if you were going to do a movie in the original Ghostbusters universe, they should not be in it. I mean, simple. I mean, it's very straightforward. That's yeah, why they're like, not don't, in it. Don't movies do this all the time? They can be like, oh yeah, we lied that last time. Let's just throw, let's just throw them in the new one. <laughs> I would. You know what? I would be a hundred percent on board if the original character, the original stars, weren't in the goddamn remake as different characters. <laughs> That, I mean, like it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like that's why I'm, I, I, it kind of annoyed me because I'm like, yo, lady, like it has nothing to do with sex here. It has to do with the fact that this is going to be in the same universe as the original first two movies. If this was in the original universe, I'm sure they would have been brought back in some form of cameo or some something along those lines. But it isn't. So get over it. Go be on SNL for the rest of your career. Like, you know, like that's it. I, 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 and Paul Feig, P, you know, like you said, very PC. I mean, I like Paul Feig. I actually like all his movies. I don't think there's a Paul Feig movie that I don't like. Yeah, I haven't found, I haven't come across one I don't like. And I didn't even know that he was involved in like Freaks and Geeks and all that. I, I didn't know, I didn't realize how long I've liked Paul Feig. Like, it's funny because I, I'm not one of, and I know you're, I don't think I've ever said this on here, and I know I'll probably get the, <gasps> I don't love Bridesmaids. Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's good. I, that's about it. Je- I told Jenny. You only saw it once. Yeah, that's all I need. Um, mm. That scene that everyone loves. I do like Spy. That's a great movie. I love Spy. I thought the Spy was great. Um, actually, I think Spy might be my... I know you probably hate... He did The Heat, too, right? Uh, yeah, I did think he? so. That or might produced. be... Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? That actually might be the only one of his that I haven't seen. I haven't. Um, <laughs> that's another uh, movie they want a sequel to, and the they, those girls will not agree to do it. Um, I think I like the Heat. I mean, not Heat, a Spy. That's my favorite Paul Feig movie. Yours is a simple favor, I assume. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I yeah. do. I do like Bridesmaids, though. I think Bridesmaids is really, really funny. I. Do. It's like it's a female Hangover, basically. Yeah. No, that's true. Wh- wh- why are you looking at me like that, John? Nothing. It's funny. I mean, I just had my bachelorette weekend in puerto rico we were just like quoting it all weekend yeah did you guys take shits and stuff in the middle of like no <laughs> we did not have any brazilian uh steak <laughs> so i actually we did not go to the so, bathroom so that, that way so that's apparently the the classic moment of that film is that what they say no that's not a class that's not the classic moment but it's a, a funny it's, pretty, it's pretty memorable i don't i actually think the funniest part in the whole movie is really when they're on the plane and they're on their way and like Kristen wig kills it She's like, there's a woman on the plane. She's 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 churning butter, and she's like, coming to kill me. And then like the flight attendant goes to her and is like, you can't be here because she goes up to first class, and 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 she goes and she closes like she he closes the curtain and she opens it and she's like, 
it's us what is it civil rights or equal rights equal rights the 90s and whatever he's like no it's not stove what kind of name is that it's steve (laughs) it's so good yeah she's i mean like paul fink is really good at like he's good at directing like one mainly like he's really good at female comedy i don't know how that became his thing i was actually gonna say he directs women like really really well And like, you know, and I just dig his style. Like, I didn't know this about him until I actually until I started. I watched like the behind the scenes stuff on the simple favorite. Like he always like directs in like a full like suit suit. Yep. That's how he goes. And I guess that's how like Blake Lively on the simple favorite. She was like, I want my wardrobe. I want to dress like him, but like a female version of that. So like that's how they came up with all of her outfits for the most part because she wanted to like dress like and that cane that she has like towards the end of the movie. That's actually his cane that he walks around (laughs) with on set. And, like, it's just, like, he's, like, this, like, dapper dude. And, like, you know, him and his wife have this production company together. And they're, like, I don't know. He just seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. And, like, just really in touch with a lot of things. And, you know, and I knew when Ghostbusters didn't do well. I remember when, like, well, it didn't, like, flop. It just didn't, like, do as well as they thought. And, like, he, you know, when they were interviewing him about it, he seemed disappointed. Like, he, and he realized where he might have gone wrong. Like, he realized that the reshoots were, like, not necessary but he felt pressure from the studio to put more effects and more action. But he took full credit for it. He took full blame. Like, you know, it's still like I was a director on that. And, like, I should have been happy with what we had. And, like, you know, but like he was very, like, I was just happy that the movie turned out for his sake and everyone involved. That yeah, it didn't that, turn that out to be a dumpster fire. It was actually, like, it was good. Not it was, bad. It was, it was, <laughs> I put it as even after rewatching it. It's not, it doesn't hold up too well, but it's still not a bad movie by any stroke stretch of the imagination i just yeah and i remember when it came out and the rotten tomato score was fresh i was like all right this will convince all these like trolls on twitter to like leave it alone it It, it just made it worse it just made it worse fuck it fuck it no no fuck rotten tomatoes like okay (laughs) (laughs) but uh to finish up on the ghostbusters talk the best part about the whole news too was that teaser because that teaser did nothing they gave away absolutely nothing and i think it's one of the best teasers we've gotten in a yeah, very they're going, long they're time. Doing like a, they're doing like Cloverfield promotion. And for me... <laughs> it's be, all secret and like... And I didn't me, know there was another Ghostbusters coming, did, did you? Uh, no, no clue. I As soon as... I think it was you or Jen that posted it, I was like, what? But you know what it reminded me of? I don't know if you remember this. It was when we were watching... Well, we weren't together, but we were like texting during the Golden Globes and that commercial came on with like the Ghostbusters car and then it turned into like the commercial with the Knight Rider car. Yeah, and I was like... Uh, and I, I you think... were like, oh, there was another Ghostbusters. I was like, no, no, it's a commercial yeah. for like something stupid. And then, who, and then like, yeah. And two weeks later, we're getting another Ghostbusters. And who would have known? It was like, already out there in the universe. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Kevin... <laughs> and not like a far release date, like next summer. I was listening to Kevin Smith uh, on Hollywood Babylon a few days ago and he was... He actually knew about this about a month ago uh, when he was talking to Jason Reitman about it. Uh, he didn't want to do it. Reitman originally never wanted to touch Ghostbusters, but he felt like he's done enough as his own, you know, director. Director, like he's done his. He's been in. I think he's an Oscar. He's an, he was nominated for an Oscar for Juno. He's done his own Up in the Air, all that fun stuff. So, and I mean, even last year he had the front runner and he had uh, Tully. So he's done enough on his own to. Oh yeah, he did direct Up in the Air. So he's. It's a it perfect too. opportunity for him to cast Anna Kendrick in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> just saying <laughs> she could be dana barrett and and uh, peter venkman's daughter daughter yeah um there we go but um not like the, he thought that it was time you know he died and i think it's smart too because they were talking about how despite him making good movies reitman has never really been a money maker in terms of box office 
Right, like Juno and Up in the Air made money, but they're not like they didn't open huge. So like he's not he's not the they they made money because they got nominated for awards. Yeah, and stuff. And then Kevin Smith was kind of like giving him the advice of like what to do in that situation because Kevin Smith started off making really good movies, but box office he was never there. And then Reitman like admitted he's like, well, I have something in the works that might change that. <laughs> and then when he told them that he was gonna do, he was like, oh my god, and he knows exactly what the plot is, but he didn't say anything. But he's like fans. Fans of the original two movies are going to like the direction that they're going. So we'll see. I mean, can't wait. Uh, 2020 can't get here. This is going to be a long promotional tour. We have like, a, like over a year. <laughs> it's already my number one most anticipated movie of 2020. So, uh, oh, oh, wait. wait, wait what about uh, are you sure it's not that untitled, unknown Christopher Nolan movie that's coming out summer of 2020 as well? Oh, that <laughs> might be now nah, because I love Ghostbusters longer in my life than after i thought that was, so when those stories dropped i was like there's not a story here so they were like yeah christopher nolan's next movie coming out summer 2020 i was like well what is it oh uh, so all right so i i had to do research on this because i needed to know what the hell what the hell it might be about so it looks like it's going to be another time a period another period piece like in terms oh. of oh god did you not like dunkirk <laughs> uh, did you not like dunkirk it was it was yeah but i want more inception it was cinematically beautiful. It's a, Dunkirk, Dunkirk is amazing. But like, I don't want to have to sit through another war film. My buddy like likes Dunkirk, but he was like, felt like it wasn't about anything. He was just like, it was just like, it was a very. He said it was a very good like cinematic experience and like very visually well done. And like, if you're on the sound design and all that, it's a really good movie. But he was like, I just wasn't like. So I, I think. I think uh, <laughs> I think me and you talked about because I think you liked it as much as I did. I think Dunkirk is not about anything, but it's in the moment. Right. It's more of the moment more than an actual like straight narrative. I guess if that makes any sense. But uh, right. it's it's I like I know you're probably shit on me on this. I kind of like it more than Dark Knight Rises. Ah, what? That's just silly. I mean, they're different. Yeah, they're different. But in terms of his movies, see, like, like I mean, I guess I'm down for him doing another period piece. But I, I like one. Of, I like his modern kind of. Uh, I'm like, I like Inception. I, you know what, I don't. I like, like and you know, I like Loki. Like, really like Insomnia. No one really talks about Insomnia, I but love it's great. Insomnia. <laughs> you know what, I actually don't love of his. I mean, if there's a, I like everything he's done. But if there's one that I, I would say, following is his worst movie. His first one. I don't really. It's whatever. It's okay. Oh, I didn't know where you were gonna go with this. I was like, because I forgot about the following. I was like, you're gonna say Memento or Prestige, and I'm just gonna no, be like, I love what? Prestige. No, I think Interstellar. <laughs> like I, in his prime, like his. Oh, like, you know what? Yeah, I don't not, love like, Interstellar at all. I don't all. love Interstellar either. It's, it's too is long. Like a, it's way too long. It's really long. long. It has some good moments, and I didn't know uh, Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong is in Interstellar. He is. <laughs> he's the he's the boy. He's Matt the McConaughey's son. Oh, I didn't realize Aww. that. Yeah. Yeah, so good for him. Good for him. Uh, oh, I also he saw Be- Oscar nomination though. Before we and that kind of leads into <laughs> the final topic for today. Um, I do want to say before we get into the Oscar nominations, I did see Beautiful Boy. Oh, gee. Oh yeah, you didn't like it. I saw. I think he's fantastic. Like I see the. Why I didn't like the movie, I think I get it. He is like it's. I piggyback on what you always say. Like him and Lucas Hedges are like the future. Yeah, they're the ones to like be. They're the future of. Like he is uh, so good in it, and I, you know the thing. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I guess because it's a true story, you don't really. You're not. You're not always supposed to get a payoff. But I felt it just. It just ended. You know what I mean? Like I don't think there was like anything. It just ended, and I was like, okay, this is what we find out. And then, and I, I love Steve Carell, and I. I read your review, and it's a great review. But you thought he was really good in it. I felt personally, and I. I 
The Office is one of my favorite shows, and I always disconnect his performances from The Office. But I right. felt like the moments he was screaming in the movie, it felt like Michael Scott was screaming. Like it came on. So that like could it. be why. I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't watch The Office like you did. So yeah. I mean, that could be it. I thought he was good at conveying the, like, those emotions of like someone going through that though, yeah. like not really knowing what to do. Like you go from like enabling them to like you know I'm gonna like tough love them and like leave them alone and like I thought he was good at kind of balancing that. Like a I little see, bit. and I see on RT it's like sixty two percent. Like it's fr- it's not a bad movie. I personally just didn't. I I was like whatever. Like if, in terms of movies about addiction, the fact that it's a true story may hit more. But to me, like if we're gonna talk about movies about addiction, I'll take like Requiem for a Dream ten times out of ten. See, Requiem for a Dream is good. Uh, My problem with, like, I actually really do like Requiem for a Dream, but it's such a highly stylized movie that there's something that kind of, like, there's a disconnect for for it for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though it is dealing with a real life, real serious subject, uh, his style kind of makes it, like, takes away from some of the, how hard it can really hit you. Well, like how Aronofsky directs it and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I mean, it's I still good. I mean, I still like Requiem for a Dream. I think, I, it, I, honestly, I don't so I don't see how you can watch that movie and like so want to shoot I'm, or do drugs. It's funny <laughs> you say I that. I watch that and I get like I'm very upset after watching the movie. Like even throughout the movie, even just for like Ellen Burstein's the character end, when she goes. I mean, Jared Leto is you know, but like for her, I feel like so much. Well, I think Requiem, it, and. Jen and I always joke. Well, Jen always jokes like, "How can you watch some serious, serious topics?" Oh my god, he's like, "I'm gonna Re- watch Schindler's List tomorrow." I'm like, "Really? You just like so <laughs> casual about it?" So, I'm like, "And so, the other day was Philadelphia." No one just casually pops that movie in. <laughs> so, Requiem for a Dream is one of the only movies I can say I can name maybe three movies or two movies at the top of my head right now that I can only I probably have only seen more one or two times because of, it's a hard watch. Like Requiem, I've seen three times and. It's st- it stayed with me like it's so powerful, and despite me being able to watch mostly anything, I have a hard time get- going back to it because it's very, it's very strong. And that and the score used at the end is one of the best ever. If you remember the music used at the yeah, end, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Oh, and even though I don't, I like I like Julia Roberts, but that year Ellen Burstyn should have won that Oscar for Best Actress. Yep. That was the year that she won for uh, Aaron Brockovich. I think this is gonna be. It's kind of a good good parallel to what's going to happen this year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because, I mean, we're going to get to it right now. So, all right. So, let's get to the Oscars. Um, Oscar morning, I'm up. I'm watching. And I'm like, <sighs> best original score comes up. And we'll get talk about snub before we go through everything. Um, and then a little movie was missing from it. And I was like, What? <laughs> You're talking about the movie that won critics, the movie that won Globes, and then First Man's Justin Hurwitz score is not on it. I'm like, oh, I guess we're going to – it's going to be one of those mornings, and the rest is – Did you think you were just, like, too tired and you might have, like, missed it? So, <laughs> like, I, maybe... so I'm, I – since, like, I work – to disclose, I work at a university, so I have a few minutes before I go in. I usually get to on campus a little earlier, so I just, like, chill out at the, the student center, and I just listen to podcasts or browse. So I was watching it on there, and I'm like – no, let me rewind. I must have missed it because I had a little uh, a delay on their Wi-Fi. So I'm like, I must have missed it. And then when I didn't, I'm like, 
I was like, it's going to be one of those. As soon as it missed, because I actually had it getting in picture. I thought because I had it under the line getting so many nominations, I was like, oh, it's going to get in picture if it gets all these under the line. So once it didn't get in score, I knew it was like going to be one of those days. And then the rest of the snubs that we'll talk so, about. So like in score, it looks like maybe the think- Black... Black, Black Klansman. Klansman. Black Klansman, yeah. I think that's if Black I think Black Klansman is the favorite to win Best Picture. And we'll get to why later on when we discuss this. But Um yeah, I because like all the other scores were like kind of up it like they were included a lot in the other nominations, right? But I don't think the Black Klansman score was. I mean maybe sporadically. So I would say Beale Street should win, but Beale Street it does is, have a good score. It, it, it does. But the fact that it's not anywhere else outside of two other categories I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. But all right, let's just get to it. I'm going to sound mixing. We get started sound mixing and sound editing. So the nominees are for sound editing, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, A Quiet Place, Roma. Seems appropriate. I don't think I don't have any issues with that. Sound mixing, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, Star is Born. So I would say, I mean, we're going to do our predictions in a few weeks, but. Nothing here really stood out as any shock. I mean... No, that all makes sense. Yeah, we're good here. Makeup and hairstyling is where I started. I was like, okay, um, this is a clear-cut winner. So we have Mary Queen of Scots, Vice, and Border. I've never seen Border, so I don't know. And I haven't seen Mary Queen of Scots. I just know the makeup looks pretty decent from trailers and stuff like that I've seen. Yeah. But Vice is going to win this. I think Vice or Mary Queen would be my money. Yeah, it's between those two. But- Visual effects... the. I picked Star Wars in my predictions because Star Wars has never missed an Academy Award. Like, every single Star Wars has been nominated for something, no matter what. So I picked it and it got in. Uh, But visual effects, uh, we have Avengers Infinity War, First Man, Ready Player One, which I love that nomination since I love the movie. And I guess one of the surprises of the the morning was Christopher Robin for visual effects. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, I get it. I mean, yeah, sure, but... I think Christopher Robin took Black Panther's spot, even though I don't love Black Panther's visual effects. It's true, but yeah, the visual effects that got nominated, like they nominated him at the BAFTAs. So who's that was the only, that was the only uh, BAFTA that Black Panther got nominated for? So I would say Marvel's going to get his first visual effects award, or do we go with First Man here? If we have to pick something right now, I kind of think Infinity War. Yeah, I, I would say Infinity War too, especially with Thanos, how great he looked. Um, Original song, uh, All the Stars, I'll Fight from RBG. The, I'm surprised this got in. Uh, the Place Where the Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins and Shallow. I thought it would be Triple Little yeah, Light Fantastic. Yeah, me too. And then I, don't, I do like this song a lot. And so. then the movie that came in low-key hard on Oscar morning from Ballad of Buster Scruggs, When a yeah. Cowboy Trees is First for Wings. Um, and that's on Netflix for anyone that hasn't seen it. I know we're saying Shallow, but... It's going to win. I, I know. That's what we. I think David secretly wants Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I secretly <laughs> do want Kendrick Lamar to win. I. It's gonna win, and I'm just happy. I don't know if you guys saw the footage from her wedding seat last night yeah, in Vegas. Kind of bad look uh, I know. Uh, I like I'm I just happy them... that there's proof that he can sing it live. I just need <laughs> to get them. I just need them to like get together in real life and have some babies. Yeah, married? you know what's funny about the whole promotion for all this? Like so if much if I didn't think that they had respective like boyfriends and like i guess him like a fiance or whatever well, it is they both be right she's engaged too so okay so like if i didn't know that they had significant others i would have been like yo they are getting together at some point or yeah. they got together at some point some they, they the way they gush over each other is like yeah 
So yeah, and even like even when they were performing in Vegas, like it was very like you know, like she's looking at him so intensely, like, and she, he's looking at her so intensely. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Um. So yeah, I mean, Shallow should win. I expect it to win, but look out. It wouldn't. So who are the two? Because I heard that Kendrick Lamar and Lady Gaga. Oh, and Lady okay. Gaga, because and the reason they were very honest about the reason, because they are the two most popular songs. And then I guess uh, who's the guy? Uh, Hamilton, uh, Lynn, Lee Manuel Miranda. Uh, he was upset about that. About getting uh, cut. About getting cut. Yeah. Well, he's not. Yeah, I mean, in, we already knew they were going to cut the show, and like honestly, I mean, I get it why he's upset, but like if you have like two really popular songs that everyone knows yeah like shallow topped the billboard hot 100 for a little bit and I, like, Panther, like everyone and, knows it i, I mean it's stars. not all the stars but all the stars i think is nominated for a grammy and uh yeah. black panther soundtrack is the first i think it's the first album film album nominated for best album of the year at the grammys and like i think if not ever like in years so however in my circles everyone didn't talk about i mean not like i knew all the stars was like a better song but like no one talked about that amongst uh, my group or people I knew. Everyone talked about "Pray for Me" the most, probably because it was the most mainstream of the songs. Pray for but me. everyone talked about that until recently. What do you mean, "Pray Pray for Me"? From where? Uh, it's in Black Panther. It's uh the weekend and Kendrick Lamar. Oh yes, 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 yes. So uh, it's the most like mainstream of the like the songs. Like, I mean, it, it came all out. All the stars is better well. though. I think all the stars is better yeah. by a lot. Um, all right, so moving on. And my girl didn't get a nomination. Yeah, but I told you that was coming, so. Man, uh, they could have took out the Ballard or whatever. And they could have, and given it to Dolly. <laughs> just saying. So, like, don't you just want Dolly Parton at the Oscars? <laughs> you do. She would be so good. She should be the host. All right. She would be really funny. <laughs> okay. She's very so, funny. She's not very political, so she'd be a safe spot. She's got. I think, and I think everyone groups. likes her. Everyone likes her, so she would be very like easygoing, and then she can bring people in for the old people and for the new. All right, so just saying. send a tweet to the Academy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I will. Um, all right, so moving on to Best Original Score. <sighs> David was very sad here. Uh, so <laughs> Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. I'm thinking Isle of Dogs took first man spot. I would. Maybe. I think so. That or Black Klansman, I don't know, but I think, like we were saying before, I think it's Black Klansman or Beale Street here. I don't think we'll, uh, we'll see what we predict. Uh, live action short and animated short. Do you? I don't know any of these except Bow. I know Bow is so cute. So I, I think, hope that wins. So, and go ahead, female, probably will win. female director. It'll probably win. Yeah, I think uh, that's a win. Animated. If anything, because it's the most well known of the <laughs> animated film. Uh, incredible! They, they, I think this everyone got this correct in their predictions. Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph breaks the internet, and Spider Man. Are, are you finally are you finally on the board of something I've been saying for months? G. Yeah, Spider Man's gonna win. Yeah, I just I just know how much they love Pixar. That's why I kept saying that. Isn't it? Didn't you watch Spider Man? Yeah, I did. So I saw it. Isn't it good? I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, the second time. I but saw I it, I, it I just know bad. how much the Academy loves Pixar. And yeah. but you know you know sometimes movies come out the last minute and change everything yeah, and that's what that did. The other documentary short I don't know any of these. Uh, Black Sheep, Endgame, Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, Period, End of Sentence. I don't know, so I can't. I'm just gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a penny on yeah, one and pick I'll that. Do the same thing. Documentary <laughs> I'll feature. Just variety. What, I'm like, what did Variety pick? Documentary feature is another what WTF moment. Me. Like, uh, won't you be my neighbor? 
was should have been there. I don't know why. It I wasn't. mean, it's it's won everything. I I I don't know. I really don't know. So, but our nominees are Free Solo, Hale County this morning, this evening, uh, Money in the Gap, of Fathers and Sons, and RBG. Uh, this is RBG. My RBG. money's on RBG. This is it's it's easy now. And speaking of easy, well, no, she might not win. She's gonna it win. Might not RBG's win, gonna but... win. RBG is like that's that's. A... I've seen. I've only seen clips from Free Solo. Gave me anxiety. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I was like this dude's doing this with like no no nothing just no ugh. the only thing that might help free solo maybe sneak a win there is that it's on IMAX now so if people see it on IMAX voters and stuff they might be like oh shit um, yeah. foreign language show maybe the easiest to call Capernaum Cold, Cold War, <laughs> Never Look Away Roma and Shoplifters and we know what's winning there here's the big 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 nomination that um, I talked to Jen and G off the line about film editing so for any casual Oscar voter, I mean, Oscar watcher, they might not know how important this nomination is, but I'll go through the nominees. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Now, no Roma, no Star is Born. The reason this is important is because there are only two films in the last 40 plus years that have won Best Picture without an editing nomination. While one of them, I don't remember one of them because I haven't seen it, but I know it was in 1979 or 1980. But the other one was recent, 2014's Birdman. Didn't get an editing nomination, but did win Best Picture. That's huge. Huge for Black Klansman, the favorite Green Book. I don't think Vice or Bohemian Rhapsody have any shot of winning Best Picture. So, but If, if, they, if, they, if, if Bohemian Rhapsody wins, I think I will just give up my entire film writing ex- existence. I won't even, like, I'll just give up. I'll just be a restaurant manager forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't, I think, I, like, I just don't understand. I, I, I mean, we'll get to it when we come to the we get there yet. So Black Klansman, I think Black Klansman, if they wins here, it's winning Best Picture. I think you can kind of put it together on that. If it wins here, on top of the nomination, it's going to win Best Picture. Uh, moving on to Costume Design, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs comes in here. Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, Mary Queen of Scots. So this may be Black Panther's win. I don't think it's gonna win. It would be Black Panther if that fucking period piece was. <laughs> but so, just f- saying, Sandy Powell is nominated twice in this category for the favorite and Mary Poppins. Sandy Powell returns. always wins. They love Sandy Powell. Well, she can't help. I mean, it the the she's costumes great. and the favorite were very good. Yeah, no, the costumes and the favorite. Actually, I think the yeah. favorite's gonna win. So I'm just saying, like, that's an awesome achievement that she was nominated twice. Same year. Same category. Yeah, it really same is. Same category. Um, yeah, she. I think the favorite's gonna win, but. This could be if there's an upset, it's going to be Black Panther. Uh, production design, uh, Black Panther, the favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. I am shocked Bohemian Rhapsody didn't make this because of the, because of the Live Aid set. Oh, because that one scene. Yeah. So I don't know. I would give it to First Man because I mean, you saw First Man G now, so you can test. Yeah. It's yeah. No, I would. It's great. Uh, the production on production design on it is great. All right, cinematography. We have uh. A Star is Born, Roma, Never Look Away, The Favorite, and Cold War. So this is the first time that two black and white films have ever been nominated for cinematography. And uh, But this is Roma. Uh, Cuadron's going to win this. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Original screenplay, The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, or Vice. So I think The Favorite's going to win this. Any, any shocking nomination? Oh, Eighth Grade. Eighth grade, did, first reform took out eighth grade. Yeah, but, a lot of people like first reform. I haven't watched it yet, but I, yeah, I haven't seen it either. Uh, but that one 
didn't gut me the way the first man nomination did, but man, that was a rough one too. Adapted screenplay, we had Ballad of Buster Scruggs. They loved it, just love the Coens. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me? If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born. So, I mean, it's, I think I it's either Black Klansman or Beale Street. I uh, I would like one of those two to win. Um, did, did Spike Lee write any of that? No, he didn't. Yeah, he wrote he it. He did. He did it. Oh, okay. So that so that I think that's his only real. No, shot. I think he has a shot at a director, but we'll get. Oh, to you that. do? Yeah, I do. Uh, I feel like they're gonna give it to Alfonso Cole. <laughs> I think. We'll I, get, I, I, think... I kind of want to see Spike Lee win director. I do too. I, I really do, do. Yes. You know what helps his cause? <sighs> they showed a live video of him ex- uh, getting the nomination, and he, you know, there's just a reputation or rumors about. Spike Lee being like anti awards and like fuck yeah yeah yeah, but he looked genuinely happy when he got the nomination. So we can we. I mean, he's very proud of the movie and like you know, uh, he hasn't done anything that good in a while. Like it was you don't like like uh, sure what that what that one from a few years ago, Chirac or Chirac? Yeah, (laughs) he like it's like a return to form for him. I think it's his highest rated movie on RT actually. Wow, even more than do the right thing. Yeah, I think it's seven points up on. Do the right thing. Um, actress in a supporting role. Uh, Amy Adams Vice. The shot. One of the. I think the biggest shocker. Marina Tavira. Oh, Tavira from Roma. From Regina, Roma. Regina King, Emma Stone, and Rachel Vice. So Marina jumped over like five people that I would have picked over her. I would have picked Emily Blunt in, in A Quiet Place. I would have picked. Because uh, she's been getting a lot of hype. Margot Robbie. Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Like, like I'm yeah. shocked that she made it. Um, um, even maybe Nicole Kim and Boy Race. That was also a possibility. So tonight at SAG, and we'll get to predictions, the one person that Regina King praised does not win tonight is Amy Adams. Because if she wins here and she wins BAFTA, Well, I think she wins there because Regina King's not there. Yeah, she's in trouble, though, because... The last time this happened was Sylvester Stallone in Creed. Man, if they don't give it to my girl from 227, I'm going to throw – I will throw chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm picking her, but it's all dependent on how the next few weeks goes. Um, to finish up, actor in a supporting role, Mahershala Ali, Adam Driver, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, and, Sa- and fucking Sam Rockwell. <laughs> oh, my God. That's some bullshit. Timothy Chalamet. So, like, I was talking about it with someone who also saw Beautiful Boy. I actually felt the same way about – about it that you did didn't like love it but loved him and they were like they also saw vice and they were like so you're telling me that sam rockwell and like he was like dude maybe four or five minutes if that i don't even know uh did more in that four or five minutes than timothy chalamet did do you know what i think (laughs) i don't know if the academy is like trying to punish those with category fraud but the movie is Timothy Chalamet is not a supporting actor in that movie. Well, okay, then that's the same argument from, from those girls from The Favorite then. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree with you there. So, I mean, uh, I, After seeing it, finally, I get what you're saying because it's clearly one person's story more than the others. And But I... I, ugh, I That could be it. I don't know. Or are they just doing it because he won last year? He didn't win. Like, like Sam Rockwell. Oh, like he wants yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, doing yeah, that just because, like, oh well, you know, yeah, we like you still. <laughs> like, I, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Jenny here, but I love Sam Rockwell. 
I do. No, I like him too. So but he was in the movie for like not even five minutes. That's why I don't agree with this nomination. Oscar nominations and even wins. Like I still always bring up Judy Dench and Shakespeare in Love. She's in it for like about the same amount of time. Yeah. So as he is in bias, and she won. In terms of winner, um. If Sam, if uh, Sam Elliott wins SAG tonight, then it's an open race. If Mahershala wins tonight, it's over. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I don't. It's think between it's... those two, yeah. though, right? I, I was I... actually happy for Sam Elliott when he was talking about it, and like them talking about, and like we'll talk about it more when we get to the directing category. But yeah. the stuff that he said about Bradley Cooper and like, you know, like uh, he, they were talking about the first day that they shot. Um, I guess the first thing that he shot was when like Bradley Cooper like punches him. Yeah. Like this is like that big argument. It was the first time he really had met a lot of them. He had only met Lady Gaga during the read through, so he was kind of thrown into like this thing with these people. But he knew on that day that they were like, "This is like okay, we're gonna be a team, and this is gonna be like a a really unique experience where we're gonna be like connected by this like forever." Yep, I mean, and I mean, like he really respected that experience. I thought that was cool. I think he's really good in it. You know, I think he's, yeah, he has he's some very really subtle, but I think he's very yeah. very good in it. But sometimes uh, the Academy doesn't like like subtle. No, they don't. Uh, but I mean, I think the only competition here would be Sam Elliott. But if Black Landsman is about to win Best Picture, it wouldn't shock me if Adam Driver comes through the middle. And I, I do not want Kylo Win to have Oscars. Okay, okay. Stop hating on Kylo Ren, man. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, no, he's very good in it. Though, yeah, I agree. I like him. I liked him. I thought he was good. I, I actually think he's a good actor because I, I actually, I also liked him in a. I almost said Logan's Run. That is not what I meant. Uh, Logan, the movie with yeah. the movie with. Logan I Lucky. love, 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 love Logan Lucky. I'm so sur- like, I guess it's one of most, one of my out of the decade, one of most of my surprising movies that I loved. Cause it was, it was like, like really low key. Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting it. It's, it's like, like a, a low key Ocean's it's like Eleven. He Billy, like it's like a hillbilly Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> um, that's good. Um, I'm moving on to directing. <laughs> oh man, so <laughs> Black Klansman, uh, Paul Pal. Here we go. I'm gonna just Polakowski. Polakowski. Cold War, and he like yeah. definitely stole. Yeah, that yeah. From he, stole, he stole. A, he stole. He stole. a spot from yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yorgos Lanthimos, Alfonso Cuarón, and Adam McKay. So it looks like because I went with the DGA five, which included. So yeah, Bradley two Cooper. people were left out of this category. Yeah, so it was Bradley Cooper and um, Peter, Peter Farrelly. So I was like shocked. The Yorgos one didn't get me as much because Yorgos was my number six because the favorite is was going to do really well. So. I, I mean, I'm so not... my uh, my issue with not nominating Bradley Cooper, and I I got this from Entertainment Weekly, but I agree with it. Um, they quoted like the I think it was the producer on the movie that was like, you know, like we're really happy. Like he he got three nominations, uh, which is good. I mean, four. he co wrote he, he co wrote the movie, and then he gets one a nomination as a producer for Best Picture, and then, of course Best Actor. But they were saying like, how do you? nominated for best picture and best adapted screenplay and best actor and best actress and best supporting uh actor and then what was the other like sound nomination like he put all that together like he is the glue that holds that together and made all those things happen so how does he not get a nomination yeah no you're right i don't if you nominate him if you nominate in all those other categories so what i think and this i may be completely wrong but what I think happened is that everyone probably all these voters probably felt that Bradley Cooper was a sure thing in director. So they're probably like, let's vote for something else. And in the midst of voting for something else, not enough people got Bradley in. That's what I think happened. I kind of think that's like the 
probably the most logical it explanation. I, I don't get it. Like they they kind of maybe assume they assume that everyone else is going to vote for him. Yeah, no, that's what I think. I think it's the assumption that he was going to get in regardless. So they're like, let's just give our vote, which it's kind of Jen said, it's like the 2016 election. Don't assume, just vote for who yeah. you think. Who, so who how do you explain Peter fairly being left out? Like who, took, who takes his spot? Yorgos. I think they love this. Okay. Yeah, you know what the thing is when the, when the favorite came out because I like Yorgos movies. This is his most commercial friendly, and Jen. It's the most. It's the, easily the most accessible thing he's done. Yeah, but I personally <laughs> like him as a filmmaker. I think he makes really good movies. Um, I think the Academy loved him more than I thought they would. Yeah, That's apparently a very quiet man. They were talking to the girls about being directed by him, and he's not very like a shouty dude. He's very like quiet. And kind of lets them play a little bit. Have you seen his other ones? Or I think you said you saw yeah, Sacred I've, Deer, I've, right? I have seen them. They're weird. Yeah, they're um, fucking trippy. Especially as well. the killing of a sacred deer. I loved it. I actually didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. They're uh, really weird. Uh, that's why I was like, Dave's like, let's go see The Favor. And I was like, oh, no. So that's why I was talking to a and dude. And I liked the, it. So I was, like, I was oh. talking to a dude at the Arclight, and he was saying the same thing, that he was trying to convince his girlfriend to go see it. And uh, the girlfriend was like, you know, fool me once because you showed me those other two movies that he did. <laughs> I don't want to see it. And then he was like, because he saw it by himself already. And he was like trying to tell her like, oh, like, it's really not weird. It's like the most like accessible thing he's done. And it really is. It really is. It kind of like it pokes fun at like those kind of like movies too, like those kind of period pieces. Like, I think it's kind of funny that around the time that it was getting like more of a wide release or like was gradually growing was when Mary Queen of Scots was out. Yeah. And that's a period. It's like, that was like the serious version of that. I would say the favorite was like the kind of thing that like kind of really kind of throws that, like turns it on its head and kind of pokes fun at it. I would say I like the two, because I've seen all three of his American films. I think that um, the most Yorgos thing in the movie is the end with the bunnies. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it wasn't even anything. He's like, we need something weird. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I think he's the one that took, I always thought Peter Farrelly was on the number five, if anything, because... Did Adam McKay get a DGA? I didn't even know. Yeah, DGA 5 was everyone but... Because they like him. Yeah, they love him. And I like Vice. I'm not one of those that doesn't like Vice, so... All right, so moving on to actor in the leading role. Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Rami Malek, Vigo, the solid four that we've all predicted all season, and then out of fucking left field, fucking William Dafoe... <laughs> from the painter movie, the fucking painter movie. <laughs> so that could have easily been John David Washington. Yeah, which I don't. That's the only. If there's one little chink in the Black Klansman armor on nomination morning, was that he didn't get in. I don't. That would have been so cute. What that father and son both yeah. nominated for an Academy Award? Yeah, he's gonna yeah, get in like, one day. He's gonna get. I'm in not one day. saying that Willem Dafoe's not good because I haven't seen it, so I it wouldn't be fair for me to like. I, oh, you I don't deserve know. to be there. But like I don't even know where to see it because it's not playing anywhere by me. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to see it. I don't. And I think I have to now, even though like I don't think he has a chance of winning. But like, uh, here's the deal. I want my heart wants Bradley Cooper to win. He won't. So all right. So here's I. I'm a very big conspiracy theorist. Here's my conspiracy theory. This might lead to like an Argo Ben Affleck kind of deal that everyone he was snubbed out of director in 2014, and all the love went to Argo for picture. If Bradley right. Cooper sneaks in today and wins the SAG, there's a good chance he might win the Oscar. I don't think I still think it's Rami Malek, but I, which would be like a cool story. Like if you really look at it, this is Rami Malek's first lead film, and he wins an Oscar for playing his in his first lead in in a movie. 
They're not like. So do we think that like? Uh, I know it. Well, the picture. If it won Best Picture, I die. But it's not going to win. It's I'm going to put that out picture, there. Yeah. Uh, but do you think negative publicity from Brian Singer affects how they vote for Rami Malek winning? No, because they had a chance to prove that point with all the the ma, ma, la, 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 la Longa, the the writer of Green Book, and it still got in. They still had a chance not to put it in, despite the controversy. Well, I guess. Well, I guess. Well, like he got nominated for Best Actor. And then all this like new stuff came out about Brian Singer like in like in the last week. Yeah, like but do you think that affects like them voting him as a winner? We'll see tonight <laughs> because uh, it was they, SAG was still voting until I think a few days ago. So, yeah, like I I mean I would I, I he could, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if he won. I wouldn't like, be I I think and I'm gonna say I think really, it'll be a really good speech too probably. Bohemian Rhapsody is not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. Is it a Best Picture nominee? No. Nope. But is it a good movie, an entertaining movie? Yes. I had a very good time watching it. I will buy it, and I will watch it again, and I will enjoy it. And Rami Malek is the reason for that. So I would not be upset if he won. This would be an easier race if Christian Bale had never won an Oscar before because he already won for The Fighter. But um, I, I, he's great in it. I don't. I just don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, I swear Bohemian Rhapsody is going to fuck around and win that SAG ensemble tonight. <laughs> if Black Klansman won Klansman, uh, uh SAG Ensemble, I think it's going to be... So my thing about... Time. I know we were going to talk about this a little bit later, but my thing about the SAG Awards, like, I was all in on Black Panther winning. I was like, that's the only thing it could win. That, that SAG Award Ensemble is like a lock. But not anymore. <laughs> um, not anymore. <laughs> but, um, alright, so moving on to actress in the leading role. Uh, nominees, Ble- Melissa McCarthy, Lady Gaga, Olivia Coleman, Glenn Close, and uh, Yalitza T- Aparicio. So Roma. listen, alright. I've seen Roma. I'm the only one here that's seen Roma. And Emily Blunt was obviously snubbed. I've seen both. I I can't I can't sit here despite yeah, it's a great one for the Hispanic community and I'm Latino. I can't sit here and say that it's deserves it over Emily Blunt. Just can't. I I I it went along you with haven't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me, so you're okay with Melissa McCarthy being in there? I hear a lot of great things about her in it. And I've seen Romo. On what I've seen, she's always, Melissa McCarthy has gotten in everywhere. Where has Yalitza got in? Yeah, I mean, that's what, like, most of the, like, that's a surprise. I mean, I guess it was a pleasant surprise for a lot of people, is that the movie itself has gotten, like, was a part of the conversation no a lot. One, none of the actors. But no one was talking it. about the cast until the Oscars. And the whole, and I look at, I look at the Oscars as a season of football, a season of basketball. You look at the stats. Stats matter, and the fact that she hadn't got it in anywhere outside of, I think, Critics' Choice. I mean, and Melissa McCarthy's got it in everywhere. All Glenn Close everywhere. Olivia Coleman and Lady Gaga. Gaga. Do we think she'll ever get in again for anything else? Who Emily Blunt? No, not Emily. Blunt. Yalitza? Yeah, probably not. So She's think, like that guy from Captain Phillips. Do you think that's yeah. why <laughs> they gave it to her in a way because they know that Emily Blunt? With her right. privilege, um, actually, I, I think <laughs> privilege. What yeah. privilege? No, but it's true. You don't think that they're more likely to give why a it, nomination to with her British privilege? Why hasn't she? Why hasn't she been? She didn't even. And get I love Emily Blunt, so I'm not saying I don't like her. But I'm saying, do you think the Academy, when they were doing this, was thinking in that way to sort of have? It's kind well, of like you know, colleges with a action. I wonder if the Academy right? thinks like, the way we do sometimes. for the diversity quote. Yeah, like no. I wonder if they think the way we do sometimes. They're like, well, this is never going to happen again. Like we might as well just like throw them a bone. 
Like even with some of the winners, like that's I used to. What, that's like, the problem. I felt that way about Sandra Bullock when she won for the Blind Side. I, I wonder if they were like, well, you know, she'll never be here again. So let's just. You give told her. me about like you were talking about on our way from breakfast this morning. You were like Jean Dujardin for the artist. You're like, where's that guy again? He's nowhere. He hasn't really. And done where's the guy from Life Is Beautiful? Roberto Benigni. Where's he? <laughs> oh, Roberto fucking Benigni. My God, that's a fucking. That's a where's he? Yeah, where's the window? Um. So, I I think more on the. I did like his speech, though. You remember the I want to make a love to everybody? It <laughs> 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 was a great speech. I think on Oscar on Oscar nomination, on Oscar prediction morning, when we do our predictions, we should look back at some of these things, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I, like, like they don't you don't hear about these people anymore. Like everyone was like talking about the artists and all this. Like, I don't know where that guy is. I think I was saying, I mean, I'm like, sure he's doing stuff overseas. Like, while I like right. Roma, I think it would be such a mad best picture winner to me. I don't. I didn't love it like everyone else did. So, so. here, here's the deal. Like, I haven't seen it. I'm not gonna judge it until I watch it. I have like a little bit, a little bit of time to watch it before the Oscars. My, not even my problem, but if it wins Beck's picture, it will only further prove what people say about the Oscars is that it doesn't really represent the things that they watch. Uh, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's like where the conversation will go if it, it would, wins. It would actually You'll be hear the- a lot of people being like, "Well, I never saw that. What the fuck is that?" Even though it's on Netflix, but they'll be like, "Well, it's like a foreign language film. Like, uh, like I don't want to watch that. Uh, like, it what would about be, um, <laughs> it would be the irony of when they try to be more inclusive to things people watch. The movie that no one watched wins. It's like picture. available at your home. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean, we'll see what happens. But to go back on Jenny's, but if it wins, it would be the first movie to win. Right? Wouldn't it be the it'd first be the movie first to win Best role. Picture and Foreign Picture? And yeah. Foreign Because we know it's going to win And foreign. you know what? It'd be a huge fucking win for Netflix. I th- yes, it would. I think this is... I don't think it's going to win. And we'll get to it later. In- I, 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 I really want to like feed off your energy on that. I don't want it to win either. I don't either. want it to win. I just have, I just I just have this sneaking I, suspicion it's going to win. It, it could very it's well. Like it's Brady. between... That's why I'm... That, the only movie that has a chance to beat him, it's Black Klansman. That's why I'm rooting for it to win everything it needs to win to make so it... So what about, what about Green Book, though? Because they did win the PGA, which they kind of think is like... Um, the, and the Globe. The lack of SAG nominee nomination for Ensemble. See, Green Book, okay. I mean, Roma has this against it. Roma wasn't nominated for an editing. It missed SAG. Green Book, I mean, uh, The Shape of Water is the only movie to ever win the best picture without being nominated for Ensemble. La La Land would have been the first, but um, the, the year before, but obviously what happened happened. But um, if it doesn't David happen, cried. Roma, Roma didn't get nominated for that. It didn't get nominated for editing. It has a few things against it. And on top of that, it's Netflix. Are these Oscar voters going to vote for a streaming service movie to win Best Picture? The first to get nominated. I think with this, pers- personally for me, I think what this eventually sets up is next year, you're not more gonna, of Netflix you have Martin, think- You have Martin Scorsese's next movie coming from Netflix. That's what yeah, I think. Yeah, it's what's a set. good argument because Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg are tight as fuck. And Steven Spielberg does not believe that Netflix movies should be acknowledged by the Academy because they're TV movies. And I would be interested to have them like see a conversation with those two about that. Yeah, I would. I disagree. Because Spielberg that. is very much like he's like, like he's like Christopher Nolan, where it's like, you know, I didn't make my movies to be viewed for the first time on TV, and I get that. Yeah. But they're like still made with the same budgets and the same amount of like integrity and like hard Technology, work. Technology, everything. Yeah, yeah no, it's I'm all with the you. Same. I, I don't. I mean, we're we're just here recording, so I mean, that's kind of that's, like that's honestly where it's going, though. Like that's exactly where it's going. Like people don't want to spend like 
seventeen dollars a pop for a movie ticket all yeah, the time. That's true. I mean, well, I, if it doesn't win this year, I think it does set up for next year with Scorsese, a movie with it's- Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro. Al Pacino. Al Pacino might be a double nominee next year in Best Supporting Actor because he has the movie. Oh, because uh, Once Upon a Time, Once in, Hollywood. time in Hollywood. And uh, then he's a supporting actor in this. Yeah. I mean, I swear if, if Romo wins, I won't be like angry. It'll just be like a slow golf clap. I'm yeah, like, okay. I'm with you. <laughs> but to finish off, uh, nominees for Best Picture, The Dark Knight Rule finally, finally, finally right. <laughs> plays into effect. We got our first comic book film nominee for best picture black panther uh black clansman bohemian rhapsody the favorite green book roma stars born and vice nothing too shocking there everything seemed by the book uh there, there were a slew of movies that could have taken bohemian rhapsody first man beale street could talk first man could have uh fucking if beale street could talk he gives really good i know that you didn't see it but it's really good it's better than bohemian rhapsody yeah i mean we kind of talked about yeah, that. i said this- or I would have been like, Widow should be there too. Like, I would be fine with Widows. I know Jen hates Widows. <laughs> no, not Widows. I mean, like, we, we kind of. And I don't hate it. I just don't think. It just, I think it was just. Uh, so, I don't know. It was better, hyped up to be. A better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, well mm, I like Bohemian I like, a little bit more. Oh my well, God. Yeah, well, and, and then you had me using that whole People's Choice Award thing, and you were like, yeah, you took my like, stance on it. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is a People's Choice Award movie. It's a People's Choice Award movie. It's crazy to me that like it has a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the lowest it's in the, the last best 10 years. Yeah, because when, when, when did Extremely Loud and Probably Close come out? It got nominated. 2011, and that, What was that? Wasn't it in like, the 30-something range? No, 50-something. I think it was like 51 something. or something like that. So, I mean, so. it would be funny if Bohemian Rhapsody won this picture. But I, I brought this up to you offline, too. Uh, I do think it's interesting, though, that there's not this like visceral like hate towards vice even though it has a 64 percent because it's only like two percent higher than bohemian rhapsody i think i don't know because i actually don't know i actually i remember having this discussion with someone and i was i was saying rami malik has a better shot of winning best actor because of the whole political despite the fact that both movies are similar in rt that the divisiveness on the political aspect of it is a little bit different than whether you like the movie more or dislike the movie more a lot of uh a lot of the audience score on Vice I read when it first came out because I had a feeling it was going to be very divisive and it's all politically driven. So it has nothing to do with the movie itself. I I personally like Adam McKay style, but if you don't know Adam McKay style and you go into Vice and you're just a casual movie watcher, you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? So I think it's know what you're going into kind of deal. But I I don't have any problems with Vice, and I don't have problems with Bohemian. So I have a problem with like it's crazy how things have changed so much. Like Beale Street is not is a Best Picture nominee on a on a normal year. First Man is a nominee on a normal year. So it's just it's just wild how everything goes. Dude, it's like they had they had their popular Oscar nominees without having that category that they were trying to like pimp out within the next year. I think that's what they did. I think that's what Bohemian Rhapsody is. Yeah, it's no, popular. That's true. And, like, you can make an argument for Black Panther. Now, I, I, all of a sudden, I have friends coming out of the wood where they're like, yeah, that movie was good, but it shouldn't be there either. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, y'all at? <laughs> gee, you know how it is all the time with that stuff. It's, it's, <laughs> I was it's, like, where were you guys at, like, a few months ago? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, I, I, I don't even acknowledge that stuff because it's, it's you, I had a feeling it was going to come. I saw it on my, um, on my personal page that people are like, oh, Black Panther, why is it nominated for Best Picture? The Dark Knight should And now, like, with that, and now after watching the Fire Festival documentary, I, I understand that tweet about that girl put about Beale Street. 
because she was like, everyone's like talking about like, yeah, Bill Street should be there. What does Bill Street got to do to get a nomination? Suck dick for water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So to finish up, to finish up today, uh, two, two things. We'll finish off with SAG and I want to leave off on something else. So we'll just do some quick predictions just on the movies. Well, uh, TV, TV is a lot. Um, so <laughs> you're like we don't care about TV. <laughs> well, Darren Chris is gonna win. This will be that's, his last yeah. four that he's gonna win that's for Versace. And well deserved. All right. So bet outstanding. And it just hit Netflix too. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble. Nominees are Ant Man, Avengers, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, Mission Impossible. This is Black Panther's win. G. Yeah. I mean, well, does Mission Impossible? I mean, maybe. Okay, you're right. Probably Black Panther. I mean, I would give it to Mission Impossible if. I'm really making this. If I'm really doing this, like fairly, I would give it a Mission Impossible. But I think this is Black Panther's one. Uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in supporting roles: Amy Adams, Emily Blunt, Margot Robbie, Emma Stone, or Rachel Vice. Uh, by Amy Adams. Yeah, yeah since my girl from Two Two Seven is not here, Amy Adams. Yeah. Um, but you know what? What if one of the favorite girls? Like, do they have a shot? Emma Stone does. I think poor Emma Rachel does. Weiss. Poor Rachel Weisz. Like no one even remembers what she won for back in the day. Constant Gardner. Constant Have Gardner. you seen the Constant Gardner? Like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, yeah, it came out. She won. Seems like a movie Jenny <laughs> would like. like I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Gardner. I remember seeing it. <laughs> um, best supporting actor: Mahershala, Timothy Chalamet, Ding Dong, uh, Adam Driver, uh, Sam Elliott, and Richard E. Grant. So I would say, if Sam Elliott wins here, there's a race. If not, if Mahershala wins, it's over for the Oscar. So the uh, like I kind of I wonder like because Mahershala won did he win the second was he nominated for the second award He's for not, Moonlight he didn't he didn't win he didn't win so he didn't win although that works in his favor actually I was like wondering if like they would just give it to Sam Elliott as like you know he's old yeah <laughs> like oh he's been do- he's been in the game a long time like that could be like the one way he could really win too could he could, he could he could Christopher Plummer the situation yeah seriously uh but like you said I mean like we said even before it's between I think Elliott and uh. Mahershala. And Mahershala here. All right. Best actress in a leading role. Emily Blunt, Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga, or Melissa McCarthy. Uh, would be nice for Gaga to kind of shock everybody, but I, I would So say... if Gaga won, there's a race, right? Yeah. Hands down. Like if there's... she happened to win. And there can be no ties. I know the critics' race were tied it. Yeah. And... I kind of hated that shit because I'm like, a tie does not mean you're the best. So get out right. of here. Like, I what, love how, what is you know, it's, it's funny. Jen's like, I, I love that the two ties were for the win. Yeah. Like both of those ties. Did anyone notice that? They were both like. No, only you noticed that. Amy stuff. Adams <laughs> and Patricia Arquette. Okay. No. And then you had Lady Gaga and Glenn Coase. And, and I'm all for supporting women and women uplifting each other. But this is an award ceremony and this is the best of the best. Jenny's out for blood. So you do not pick ties here. That's Je- a cop out. Jenny will get on stage with so, a knife. I wonder how it works. So they all, voted, out, right? and they all and voted and choice. then there was a tie. I wonder if they actually asked them like, okay, does anyone want to like change their vote <laughs> to push it over? Yeah, and they were like, nope. Um, all right. So moving on to, oh yeah, but who do we got here? Glenn Close. Glenn Close. But like, I still like, I don't want to entirely give up on Lady Gaga. Right, we, if she doesn't win like, this, we better. Like, okay, so both of their stories actually work out for winning, right? Glenn Close has been acting forever, right? And hasn't really... I mean, she's been nominated before for... But, you know, when it comes to, like, the big awards, hasn't really won a lot. And then you have Lady Gaga, who's on her first time out. And, like, a lot of people like that story, too. Like, your first big movie... Your first movie, actually. And you're really good in it. The narratives are there. I think Yeah, we can make our predictions on Oscar 
on the Oscars late, like later on, but I think this might be one of the most unpredictable ones of all time. Yeah, they both have a narrative that like makes it easy for either one of them. To it win. reminds me of um the one that comes to mind real quick is Adrian Brody. I don't think Adrian Brody didn't sweep. I think he won no, one he award. Didn't. I think he won Globe and then he won Oscar. So yeah. it could be one of those like Here's an idea. Maybe we should create it. <laughs> a tie. Here's going. You know what I think would work better because I feel like a lot of like there are movies that are only in theaters for a couple weeks, if that, or they go on a limited run and then you can't see them. So anybody watching the Oscars, like I feel like why wouldn't ABC or the Oscars, whoever I guess wants to do this, they should create sort of a mini streaming service, kind of like how like the NFL does their red zone or their and then put allow people to buy the streaming service for the month let's say price it twenty dollars a month maybe and you can watch all the oscar movies from home i feel like don't you think that that would drive more no to the ceremony buy, too? no one gonna buy any of it. i would buy it because then i can see the wife from that's the comfort you. of my home that's you we're into this stuff so think like well that's what i'm saying but there might be other people that maybe have busy lives and are into the oscars but they yeah, can't yeah and then like honestly the wife can't hit go. our arc light until last week you think right like they can't go out and make the dedication to go to the movies because they have kids at home or they have other priorities but if you have a streaming service like a netflix i can spend 5 hours on netflix while i'm doing something else at home you th- i could do the same thing on but an that, oscar streaming but site but that's us but you think yolanda from 37th street is going to be like i want to watch the wife today no but yolanda doesn't care about the Oscars. <laughs> Yolanda's too busy doing other shit. And for disclosure, we don't know a Yolanda. We don't. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, also, I mean, like, none of us have seen The Wife, right? Like, I, no, I, we haven't. It's and funny. I would want I had, like, it's played like by, like play by me now, and I don't so even I had to. So, like, two weeks There's ago, like I, had the choice, I had the choice of seeing Spider-Man again or The Wife, and I watched Spider-Man again. So... That's where I'm at. But all right, so let's finish off because we're running a little long here. Um, best picture. Or best on some bail. Best on some oh, do we do, do we do best actor already? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Rami Malek, Vigo, or John David Washington. Um, this could be Bradley Cooper's time to get back in the race. If not, I got Rami Malek on this one. Uh, I can't. I don't know who to pick between the three. It's rough. Like, it's I, said, like, I, hit, like I said, my heart wants Bradley Cooper to win. Only because I like him. I just like... I feel like he could have won easily the other few times he was nominated. Like, I really like him in Silver Lions Playbook. I thought he was really great in that. And, so do I. you know, I, I feel like that's his time. It's his time. But there's always a, like, a year when you think, like, oh, it's going to be their year. There's always, like, one or two other people that kind of creep up. And like, oh, you were slightly better. It's turning into Leo. Yeah. And Amy Adams is like, you know, she's a female Leo. I mean, like, any other year, like, I'm talking about the Oscars, any other year I would have been down for Amy Adams to win. But, you know, I got my girl Virginia King in there. So, yeah, no. I mean, it's Can't. funny because I think this is the Oscars biggest problem is they 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 wait on people and it goes. And that's what leads to a lot of these awful wins. Like I was rewatching these like career wins, like like Art Carney beat Al Pacino in 1975 for The Godfather Part Two. Like, what? <laughs> what? And then like Dancing with Wolves beat Goodfellas and Best Picture and Director. Yeah, like, I mean, sometimes the career Oscar isn't for a bad thing. Like I mean, Martin Scorsese for The Departed. It's a great movie, but that was also a career. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oscar. Like Jen just saw. I didn't even know this, but Jen hadn't seen Al Pacino's Oscar win, so I showed her Scent of a Woman, and he's like, she's like, this is very misleading. <laughs> it's <is> very misleading. <laughs> the movie is not about him scenting women. 
No, I didn't think that. It's smelling women, not scenting women. No, I just wasn't like. I'm not saying he was bad in it. Oh, he but deserved the win. I was just like, but, uh, like it's probably a movie I'll never watch again. <gasps> I would say it's one of my bottom Al Pacino movies. Sorry, he was in Jack and Jill, and you're gonna put scent of a woman at the bottom. <laughs> I have not seen Jack. He and was Jill. in Is that G- with Michelle Pfeiffer. That was since Adam Sandler. Oh, that Jack and Jill? Yes. Oh. And he was in Geely. I oh, never yeah. saw Geely, and I was smart. Then for you're going to put Scent of a Woman all the way down there when you. Well, I didn't come back. You're the one movies? that put Geely in that category with them. I just said it's on my list of Al Pacino movies. My That's Lord. towards the bottom. Do you like Scent of a Woman? Like, I like him better in Donnie Brasco. I do than like I Scent in... of a Woman. I haven't watched it in a long time. I do like it. I did, uh, It. It's a career. You know, and I remember too. I sent you that Entertainment Weekly thing that had all the biggest. Yeah, I like, want to go through that when we go. Um, he, that was on there as like you know like he, he there's a slew of other movies he could have won for. Leo's and, under the same boat now with with his. I have a I have no problem with his win, but it's a career yeah. win. It's not. A yeah, it's a career win. win, yo. But you know what? I wonder. So I'm bringing up that Entertainment Weekly article. I'm gonna bring up your girl real quick. Oh, the whoever Lauren wrote who, whoever wrote the piece about Emma Stone. Like, like not her. deserving to win for Doesn't La La Land like sounded like a snarky jealous girl because yeah. they were like they were like uh like she gives a Golden Globe caliber performance in La La Land but and like went on to describe about how she shouldn't win because she like playing an actress and like blah 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 that's not a stretch blah 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 it just sounded really snarky so I guess if I, Lady Gaga wins everyone's gonna be like she shouldn't have won because she's playing a musician. Well, I've heard that criticism too. Actually, I've heard that like, I, oh, actually, it's I've not, it's not a stretch for her to play this because she experienced this. Well, she was- my argument yeah. to that is that she is very strong in scenes that have nothing to do with her performing or anything like that. And Emma's, Emma's, just to, you guys brought it up, not me. Uh, Emma's win <laughs> is uh, Emma's Oscar scene has nothing to do with her, you know acting in terms of like being a bad actress or whatever it's her singing which well she's auditioning as an actress <laughs> just like bam <laughs> i think she has this and just saying and leo won an oscar for not talking he didn't need to talk. i guess i he guess spoke with I his guess, facial I, emotion i guess when leo talks and he battled a bear i guess when that Le- is totally different so leo won an oscar okay. so what you're saying is leo won an oscar for not talking and battling a cgi bear yes but all that emotion and all that pain oh, came through on his face. Oh, he acted oh, through his face. Okay. And he was beautiful so, while so doing So when Leo it. does talk, he's not worthy of awards. Is that no, what you're he saying? is worthy oh, of awards. Okay. Well, can we just talk about like the <laughs> shade of, like, of calling it a Golden Globe caliber performance? Yeah, no. <laughs> she, was, she was like, definitely that, definitely. I haven't seen this article, but she definitely sounds <laughs> snarky. I, it actually reminds me of, I think I, I remember around the time of La La Land, I remember, G, you were telling us that like some of the people that you've talked to out there and like in Hermosa oh, one, and whatever one very used, specific to have that cri- used to have yeah. that criticism that like oh well she's not really doing anything because she's she is an actress and she's playing herself in a way and she's not really there's nothing special about that and I remember and was it like wasn't that. your argument David that she really was never a struggling actress yeah like she kind of kind of came out of the she's, gate her first movie hot. was super bad and she came in hot <laughs> Yeah, so. so she probably. I mean, I, well, I mean, we don't know her. We don't really know her struggle. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Sure. We don't. See that in the but movie. like, but in terms of, she wasn't this actress that struggled to get a leading role. No, in, was, like, her uh, first uh, movie. Back in. then, though, like even back then with Superbad, like I wouldn't call her being like one winning an Oscar eventually, oh, yeah, and also just being nominated multiple when, times. Like I would have never called that. When I first saw Emma, yeah, 
Yeah, I thought she was adorable, but it was more on the she's going to be in these comedies. She's not going to be winning an Oscar. Yeah, I didn't. See my that. my mind changed with her when I saw Birdman because she has a really yeah. she has really strong moments in Birdman. She has one really really good scene. The, in Bird- the one with Michael Keaton, right? Is that what? You're, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, so yeah, like that's when I saw her, th- you know, transitioning to this potentially winning an Oscar. So I mean, she won it for a movie that happened to the door, but like it's not because she's not talented. She's right. pro- and for me, she's progressively gotten better because she's better in Battle of the Sexes than she is in La La Land, and she's better in The Favorite than she is in La La Land. I think. I think. I think if anything, it, like the last few things that she's done shows that she has a lot of range. Because yeah. that was another complaint about La La Land was that every time they watch Emma Stone in something, they feel like she's doing the same thing, like she's just being herself. And I think she's proven in the last two or three things that she's done that she can do other things too well i think like she has like she has range like a leo effect in a sense because like you have you have a good performance and then you get to you get to be more choosy about your roles right like you don't have to pick every movie that comes to you and i think like leo had a lot of bad movies the man in the iron mask the beach like he did all those things but then he got to a point where he was able to collaborate with better directors and better and just better stories and do that and then now like he doesn't come out with a movie every year or several every year like he picks and chooses because he can do that now so i think that would be sort of like the emma thing because she gets to be able to now because of that role and how she's grown so much she gets to choose those roles and be more like it's, it's kind of crazy that she's doing like you know battle of sexes and the favorite and now she can do like zombie land too i can't and wait i've like, made, i will can, say like, like, as, like as much as i love emma and i'm glad you brought that up i miss her in her comedies stuff like easy a and like all that stuff like she's funny like she's just naturally funny yeah i agree she's extremely funny and she's like promoting the spice girls thing right now too. Like it, it kind of reminds me of like a little bit of Sandra Bullock in a sense where it's like I know Sandra Bullock had to like do serious stuff to kind of like go from being like oh like you're America's sweetheart you're very likable to kind of prove herself and you know, we brought up the blind side before like I don't necessarily think she deserved to win but I was like I thought that she would never be in that position again and I like her so I was like I'm all for her winning so for me the nomination for Gravity like kind of proved that she earned her spot there yeah I agree. Even though, even though there was an argument that she should have won for Gravity, because she held the movie together on her own. <laughs> you know what's but crazy? No. I was looking up uh, Emma's filmography right now, and it came up to her awards. She's been nominated for sixty-three awards in her career so far, and she's won thirty-one. So she's almost how 50. old is she? She's uh, Emma. She like our age? I think she's like twenty-eight. Well, she's not even thirty. No, she's not thirty. Think so. No, what? She's, just she's not thirty yet. Oh, she's she just, just turned thirty. Oh my god, that made me feel old. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at her at her movies. Yeah, she does have so her first movie was super bad, but she has some stinkers in between. She was in Paperman. She was in Paperman. Uh, oh. The Go- Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, The House Bunny, The Rock. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Good in the, house bunny. the house bunny a stinker. The House Bunny is hilarious. Yeah, the House Bunny's really good. Anna Ferris, Emma yeah. Stone, uh, who else? Catherine uh, McPhee, isn't it? Rumor Willis. <laughs> I think it's once... hilarious. I it, it is Dennings. the kind of comedy that you would not like, so I'm not even going to try to get you to watch it. All right, cool. Dave wouldn't like it, but Dave I would like it. it. But it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's she recently she did some Colin stink. Hanks. Her her recent yeah. stinkers before we finish it's a movie 43. She was in that trash, 
And she was in uh There are a lot of people in that dread. <laughs> she was in Aloha. <laughs> From... Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder and so was Bradley Cooper. I wonder if they regret being doing that. I know they did it because it was Cameron Crowe. Yeah, they oh, it's And Crow. it's not a good but movie. It... But you also have to remember that Cameron Crowe hasn't made anything good since Almost Famous. That's true. <laughs> and then her, her she the, just the, did uh, and her last four was La La Land, Battle of the Sexes, the favorite, and then Zombie Land Two. Can't wait. Uh, all right. So to finish off Best Ensemble, we have um, Black Panther, Black Klansman, A Star Is Born, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Crazy Virtuation. So I think this is A Star Is Born or Black Klansman. So remember back in the day when they first announced this, I was like, it can go to Black Panther or Crazy Rich Asians. I, that made the most sense to me. So you're, it's completely off that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still think Black Panther has a shot at it, potentially. It is a really good ensemble. So, all right. So you go with Black Panther? No, wait, no I'm saying it could. Oh. I don't think, I don't, uh, they can't give it to Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Or no, not, or, or you said a Star is Born? So, if a star, I mean, I don't think a Star is Born is winning Best Picture anymore, but. My if, money's on Black Panther. But I got Black Landsman. So like the the bigger story. So like Hidden Figures won this last year or uh, the right? La La Land year. The La La Land, yeah. So like, and that had no shot of winning Best Picture. No, that's that's why. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna harp on this too much, but um, that's what always makes me even wonder even more how Moonlight beat La La Land. It was laminated for SAG and it didn't even win SAG. Well, because like the ensemble award, a lot of people think it's the equivalent of the best picture, but it's basically supposed to be like an award for the cast as a whole. It is, but it correlates a lot to best picture. That's why I'm like, I'm always like, what? what? If a favorite- And that's the reason why I don't think of it as best picture, really, because I'm like, all right, well, if it's just about the cast, that's why I was like, oh, Black Panther or Crazy Rich Agents. They they had a really they both have strong ensembles. They Man, should at this point I wouldn't be shocked. And like and those movies are really built around their the ensemble. Cash, yeah. Like those two. I mean at this uh, point I wouldn't be shocked if any of these movies wins, but I, mean, I feel I, like Crazy Rich Agents should win something this award season so that we can be like, Yay, like I'm, I'm okay with a, I'm okay with a mediocre rom com. It's not mediocre. You, yeah, you didn't like it that much. I I'd liked it. Just enough. <laughs> I do what what's the guy's name before we go? The guy The that, main guy? Yeah. Oh, Henry Golding. I think he, um, because they tease, and it seems like they tease in the new Spider-Man trailer that uh, Aunt May is working at the shelter. Mm -hmm. I think uh, he should play, Henry Golding, if they ever get to it, they should play Mr., uh, oh my god, I forgot his name. He's the the villain from uh, the Spider-Man video game. Give me one. Is he Asian? Yes. Oh my god, what what Asian villains are there? (laughs) Hold on, give me one second. Keep... Mr. Negative. Oh yeah. So I think Henry Golding should play Mr. Negative if they get, ever get to that in in Spider Man. I think he has. Man, both. it's He's so crazy that Henry... or, and Mr. Yeah. Negative is a good looking guy, so it should work. So I was trying to find out what Henry Golding was doing before Crazy Rich Agents and A Simple Favor. Uh, he was all he was, he had never acted professionally, but he was like a host of like a traveling show. Fun. And that was it. <laughs> And uh, he got Crazy Rich Asians, and they were like, were looking at like tapes of people for a simple favor. And like Paul Fig talked to John Shu, uh, who was directing Crazy Rich Asians, and he was like, "I really want to cast uh, an Asian in this ro- in this in this uh, role. Like, do you have any? I know what you're working on. But do you and have any in the back?" <laughs> and then he was like, "I know you're working on Crazy Rich Asians. Can you send me something?" And he sent him a tape of Harry Golding, and they were like, "Oh, who is this guy? He should be in a lot of stuff." He was like, "No." This is the first thing he's done, like what we're working on right now, but you should meet with him. And it was just kind of like, 
how crazy how it happened for him and all and then like the movie's coming out in the same year and now he has like a bunch of stuff coming out good for him though yeah he seems like a very nice guy too for sure all right kids that wraps it up for today um next week g and i get a break we're out of here we do we're gonna have a special supernatural episode for any of our listeners that are big fans the 300th episode airs on thursday february 7th and so on we'll be recording a special takeover episode on sunday that will be released on tuesday february 5th before the premiere does anyone have a little bit of fomo that we haven't watched this for 300 episodes uh no so I'm actually, me personally, I'm actually on season five. So oh, so so you I, watch that, but you can't watch Breaking I Bad. I hear well, I've, it's taken me a, a while yeah, to watch because they are there are a lot of episodes in each season. Isn't Supernatural like an easier watch though? I mean, not well, easier by not not by wait, wait, episode. Gee, hold on, I, no, not little, by episode. Speaking I mean, of just by like subject matter, it's a little more on the subject matter because it's a little more like mindless. It's very much like a almost like a you know mystery supernatural type of show so it's very like well, you supernatural always, you say well you're always gonna have like the ghost or the villain you know you'll have someone the demon and then they're kind of going and it's very much like a road trip show almost like scooby-doo like they're like always traveling road show? no not like that and they're going and going and actually i heard that like originally the show was really only supposed to they five had enough seasons. story for five, five seasons. seasons and then after that it would because of the popularity they just continued it on and so it has gotten a little hokey i've heard from some fans but they still love it and there's a big it's still like following. it's still like one of their most highest rated shows one of the highest rated shows for them they also have their own uh convention very much like the walking dead so you have a lot of fans there um jensen ackles and jared Padalecki are very good with their fans taking pictures. They're just really good Charging and a lot of fun. And, and best, best TV bromance ever, by the way. And they, or one of them. They work really, it. really well together. And so we're going to have um, some super fans from the Spin family, and they're going to come in and Talk take over the show. Real Chronicles. Word. By the way, good for Jensen Eccles, because I think he got started on like soap operas. He did, Days of Our Lives. And, you know, that's not always the easy transition. So good for him. It's not, but Michael B. Jordan is very good. Yeah. So uh, all my children. So that wraps it up. And speaking of FOMO, uh, one quick thing. Gee, you, you mentioned FOMO. You don't have any FOMO of not watching Game of Thrones and it's about to end? Uh, I have slight FOMO. I, I mean, I, I actually turned on my HBO uh, Go on my smart TV. So it's actually like activated because I hadn't activated in a while. And I had to put the password and stuff in again. And all the episodes are there. It's a quick. You should do it. You it, have time. It's a quick watch. There are only ten episodes. It it's ten episodes. A so season. my my biggest concern is that I was told that by several people that the first season is kind of slow. But they said that they once they got through that, they were. Uh, I don't think so. I actually think the first the first episode's a little for me. It was a little confusing because you have to learn kind of all of these characters and all the names and the families. But by episode three, once because you're hooked at the end of episode one, it it becomes very easy to like. Yeah, the going. pilot is really really good because it hooks you in right away. But like Jen said, there's like it took me four seasons to know who everyone was. It's just well, just it didn't take me that long. There's a lot. But... I'm being sarcastic. There's okay. a lot. There's a lot of people. There's just a lot of characters, like tons of characters. So I mean, give it a shot. I mean, I, I to me, it's the best show on television, and it's not even close. I think it's the best written show on television as well. That with Better Call Saul. But uh, yeah, give it a shot. So yeah, next week G and I are going on vacation, and Jenna's taking over with her Supernatural pals. So we'll be back on February 10th with a look oh, at. Oh. Will they spoil the rest of the show for you, Jim? 
Because <laughs> you're only on season five. Um, I've actually kind of already been told like little things here and there, and because it's not it, because the main story is really in the first five seasons, I've kind of already gotten that. Like I've oh. I've gotten that sort of, and then everything else like connects, but it's not. It's not one of those shows where I think, like, in Game of Thrones, it would really spoil it for me. Yeah. Like, you can kind of just keep going and keep watching. Oh, okay. So I think it'd be okay. And I hear the 300th episode has a lot of fun surprises for fans, and even the return of a certain someone that I know a lot of people are very excited for. And, uh, yeah. All right. So, see you guys next week. Toodles. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real. Real